Welcome, friends, to Tanked Up, our end of year special. I'm Hi. one of your hosts, Ben, here with Lucy. I'm Santa Claus. <laughs> and Adol. Hey, I am not Santa Claus, but I <laughs> have Jesus. been called Brown Jesus. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> For everyone not uh, watching us on video and just listening to the lovely podcast version that we put out, we're all Christmas themed. Obviously, from what we've just said. Um, so come on over to the YouTube, to the Twitch for, you know, antics for fun each and every week as we put out episodes. This episode is coming to you probably in the week between Christmas and New Year when we're having a week off and we've recorded this early. But it is our end of year extravaganza where we run through our favorite games of this year. Um, if you've listened to us before and have heard one of these episodes, you will know that we kind of don't always do like very rigid, specific top tens. Um, last year we did themes and, and, and had sort oh, of yeah, like, like categoried, um, games. Uh, but this year we've tried mm. to collate a little on the games that we have enjoyed this year. So this is probably the most definitive kind of you know top games of the year we've we've done um, of all time in any publication exactly that's it that's it this, you, you'll never find uh, a more wretched accurate scum and villainy regimen. sorry <laughs> <laughs> that's true let's open some beers um adol why don't you kick mm. us off uh today sure. uh i'm gonna start off with uh the wrongfully accused Ooh. Uh, from Cervera Peninsula. Um, it's a West Coast IPA. It's 6%. Uh, they are um, in Madrid. They're from Madrid. That's where their um, brewery is. Um, and it says... Agua Malta... Mm-hmm. Water Malta. Polo y Levadura. Yes. That is as far yeah. as my Spanish goes. Yep. Water. We know there's water. Agua. Water Agua. and malts. Yeah. Nothing and else. I only know that from No Country for Old Men. That's... <laughs> what, malts? <laughs> no, water. Just aqua. Um, aqua. <laughs> but I, I really like the shiny red finger pointing uh, on the, on the mm, can art. Good. It's good. It's, it's very... I, I mean, sure, I guess, wrongfully accused. But um, I'm drinking this because um, Lucy wrongfully accused us of having bad lists. <laughs> No, I wrongfully accused you of murder, but that's another story. Uh, was it wrongful? I mean, yes, of course, it was wrongful, yeah. <laughs> Good. Uh, crack it open, crack it open. Um, I'm kind of trying to be a little bit up and a little bit down this week with my beers, so I'm coming up to Birmingham first, oh! um, and I'm going to drink a beer from Dig. Dig Brew, which you can't really read because they've gone the whole metal sludge sort of mm. route with their logos. Uh, but this is Mount Rainier, uh, which is a Chinook, Enigma, Eldorado, and Motuaka 6% beer. Does it tell me what kind of beer it is? It's an IPA. There we go. Ah, no, no, it's all going wrong. Oh, no, is it fizzed so is up mine. and spilled? I tried to open my beer for can opener, and the can opener stuck on the beer. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. It's we started off amazingly well, <laughs> as we do almost 
every How, single How's your beer, week. Ben? Um, What's I, a dick brew cup? I'm yet to open it. Here's the can. I haven't oh, cracked it. Oh, I've got it. on my fancy chair. Oh, no. <gasps> beer everywhere. I'm going to crack mine. Hopefully it won't fizz and explode everywhere. But... Ooh. Ooh. It did. It did. <laughs> oh. Uh, oh. Oh, Jesus Christ. What the fuck's going on today? <laughs> That's okay. Yeast. That's okay. Yeah. We won't worry about it. We'll just drink these. Drink them instead. <laughs> uh, Lucy, what are you drinking? Mm. I was just about to say, Ben, you are a big advocate for uh, Dig Bruco. Um, yes. I should have more of their beers. I really like Dig. They've got a really yeah. good quality to them. Mm. I haven't had them in years, and I should go to their tap room and mm-hmm. have their beers. Well, it was, um, it was trying to think, well, you know, I'll, I'll, get a, hmm. I'll get a Birmingham beer for this nice. week. And there was, you know, the bottle shop had a bunch of dig beers in, but it also had a load of Glasshouse ones in mm-hmm. as well, which we've had on the um, on the podcast before. And I went for dig, mm-hmm. I think just because, but whilst the beers from Glasshouse have always been good, I think every time I've had a beer from dig, it just hits right. So I thought, you know. Right, yeah. 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 Great, yeah. yeah. I... I don't know. I don't really see their cans up here, mm. <laughs> like at all, um, which is quite bizarre. It's either that, or I've seen them. And I'm just like, I am not paying seven pounds for a brewery that's right in the corner. It's either <laughs> that. <laughs> it's either one of the two. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I should have some more of their beers. But uh, I'm glad there are advocates outside of Birmingham. I. Mm. I mean, I do have a. Bristol bit, I could just smash back an arbor later if, nice. if I wanted to. But um <laughs> right <Always>. now <laughs> right now I'm gonna have a beer from Holy Goat Brewing. Um it is uh, Holy Goat are from Dundee. Um it's a seven point five percent uh Flanders red with red currants and black currants and it's called Blood Incarnation. Ooh, I like so the name. I'm sacrificing to the goat gods. Baphomet himself, and uh, yeah, I saw this a few weeks ago on Left Field Beer, and I was just like, you know what, I can't remember the last time I had a Flanders. Mm. I've been uh, saving it for a few weeks for this moment, so yeah, hopefully, hopefully it's good. Nice. We will roll back round to you then, Adolf, for the wrongfully accused. Uh, it's hazy. It's mm. so- a nice orangey, slightly yellow, orangey yellow color. Uh, poor when excellent after the crack. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, poor was fine. Um, I'm getting um really lovely. Um, some slight citrus, and there's um, what is that? Almost a pininess underneath. Um. Underneath something. Hmm. Well, I can't pinpoint it. Um, It'll come to you as you drink it through, perhaps. Mm. Oh, it's very smooth. Um, hmm. Hmm. Can't quite tell at 6%, except a bit of thickness in the mouthfeel. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's just... And, and it's just a full flavor. I, um... Yeah, it's not too sweet. Um, that citrus is, is there mostly pushing bitter citrus, but not quite grapefruit, like not tart or like sour. Um, it's also got some passion fruit. Mm-hmm. 
What is that? That my brain isn't finding a flavor. Okay. It's the same thing from the nose that that's in the in the taste. Hmm. Um, it's a it's a, it's an interesting. Um, I'll I'll just hope my brain gets there, but talk about the rest. Um, it's got this um really interesting finish where not a lot. It's it's, it's actually quite. I, my brain's coming up with the word somber. It's not a very boisterous beer, and it doesn't have much of a curve in the sense of it's not like the actual. Like it has a transition from beginning, mid to finish, but it's like you know, it's like a mound. It's like a, it's like what you, you like the difference. Regular, like normally with beers, we have quite a substantial difference. Like, and if you think of like topography, you know, Canadian mountains versus British mountains <laughs> is what I'm saying. This one's quite mm-hmm. um, flat. You're in the foothills. Yeah. Um, there we go. Yeah. Um, and it. Uh, Mouthfeel wise, it's a it's a bit wet, wet, wet or a bit neutral. Um, mm-hmm. But it does sort of because it's such a small curve. There's just not a lot going on um, in the finish. It's not terribly bitter. I'm not getting a lot of the like nothing's lingering that much, and it's and it feels a bit dried out. So mm. I'm already trying to. At first, I thought I was reaching for it to try and figure out that like missing taste that I can't pinpoint. But actually, it's also because it's kind of beckoning me back because I want more, I guess. Right. So now that I've had a few sips, I am getting a bit of a sweetness to the start. Mm. And coupled with that citrus, it, it kind of feels like, I'd say, navel orange sweetness. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't last that long. Um, yeah, what is this? What is this bitterness? Well, anyway, um, I might interrupt <laughs> one of you guys. I, my, my brain's... I, full confession, you, I was... You'll you, 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 you grow into I'll get it. there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I was also drinking until 5 a.m. last night. Good. Well, I was out until 5 a.m. I wasn't drinking until 5 a.m. Um, so that might have affected my eight a.m. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. You'll grow into it. You you have you are a wordsmith, mm-hmm. so we know it will come. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, nice. Um, okay, on to the dig. Um, it, it, this is a lovely beer, but like Adol, there's something in here which I cannot quite put my finger on. Um, it's got a very very uh, um, nice straw color to it it did pour with a sort of a couple of fingers uh, a white foamy head but that dissipated really really quickly um i don't know it's just it's it's quite carbonated you can tell that straight on the flavor as well that it's really carbonated um pushing a lot of that flavor really you know straight away as soon as you sip it and i think that's what's kind of dissipated the head everything all that carbonation just rushed straight up but the nose is lovely it's sort of a little bit of sweet candy Lots of tropical fruit in there as well. But it's very, very light. So you get all of those, even though it doesn't punch you. And the flavour feels very similar. It's not a massive, big hit of flavour. But instantly, I'm getting this lovely, lovely sweetness. And it's a little kind of candy, but there's an orange, a slightly 
more sour orange to it. Mm. And that sour orange kind of overtakes the sort of the more sweet candied flavor to it. So as it sort of develops, I'm left much more with this. I suppose it's more like blood orange um, than than anything. It's kind of got this 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 nice sweetness, but this lovely sourness to it as well. And it's a beer where, as I was talking about this carbonation, that absolutely pushes that initial flavour, but that dissipates mm. really quickly in your mouth as well. So you're just left with this nice, quite light, sort of soured orange slightly soured candy sweet sort of flavor uh, which lingers and lingers and lingers and lingers and it's really soft it's it's you know i suppose about maybe five degrees at the moment um they don't i think give a you know unlike other cans i don't see it's very hard to see the text <laughs> on the back of it's most of digs yeah. beers um but one point of interest is that on the front of this, it says it's got Chinook, Enigma, Eldorado, and Motueka. And on the back, it says it's an IPA hopped with Mosaic, Enigma, and Ernest. Ernest? Ernest? So, Mosaic, USA, Enigma, Australia, and Ernst, mm. Ernest, but UK. As in Ernst and Young. Like Ernst, yes, but okay, mm. Mm. new one that I haven't heard. Yeah, of. yeah, but strange that it lists those three on the back and then different hops on the front. Apart from the, <laughs> I mean, the the mosaic and the enigma stick around, but Chinook Eldorado, which it says on the front, don't then appear on the back. So uh, I'd, I'd like to know strange. what the actual you know composition. Of the beer is and what the hops are mm. in this because it's lovely. It's very, very I'll easy. March down right now. Go on. Demanded. Yeah. Breaking the podcast. No one gives a shit about <laughs> our end of year <laughs> things. But they're only here for to know exactly what's in this beer. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's really, really easy. Like incredibly so. Nice. That looks. Yeah, that looks mm. proper murky. And, yeah. It is murky. It's a nice straw color, yeah. but it is very, very murky. And it could almost, you know, add. Well, I think. Is it either last week or the week before you had a a sour IPA? Yeah. And I, if, if they'd have put sour IPA on the front of this can, I would absolutely say, yeah, okay, I get what they're going for. It, it's just got that little Good. sourness okay. to it, which really mm. works for this beer, you know, with that, with that initial sweetness that it, that it provides. So yeah, mm. really, really good. I'm wondering if sour IPA is just like a Trojan horse to, it's not as fruity as we wanted to. It's slightly sour. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I don't know what happened. Uh, a bit of lactobacillus or something we got in there, and just like, yeah, sour IPA. Almost yeah, any- we meant that. Anything <laughs> where you've got that slightly ripe grapefruit flavour, which can go, you know, either a bit soured or a bit kind of like piney and bitter. Like, mm. Mm, went the mm. soured way. Sour IPA, perfect. It's what we were going for. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna. Jump in before Lucy because mm, I yeah, just sure. I figured out the things. Um, it's it's a soapiness, uh, okay. and I like think maybe like coriander seed maybe, but closer to just generic soapiness. And it's mm. it's a lot maltier than I like. I was trying to figure out the hop side of the taste that I wasn't noticing just how much the malts were sort of 
escorting that light citrus and that soapiness through and that's that's the missing link was is is that it's it's quite malty for a west coast ipa um it's only lightly citrusy like i i'm not sure if you i wouldn't have pegged this as a west coast ipa given its taste um but it's it it it's nice to have sort of something much more malt forward in, in an ipa it's it's, yeah. it's interesting yeah. but that that was you know was just so trying to be like, okay, so what are, what are these, what might these hops be? And what are they doing? So I go, oh, wait, it's the other thing. Yeah, I get yeah. you. Like, um, earlier today I was out um, having a drink and the one that I kept going back towards was a West Coast IPA, which was very malty and very bitter. Mm. And it's just like, yes, this, it, it, sometimes it's like, uh, you know, Maybe I'd probably go for a Nipah rather than the West Coast IPA, but that was very nice. It was just like, yes, more bitter and more uh, malt forward, but still having that like kind of texture of a good, bold IPA. You know, so it's mm-hmm. just like, yes. Nice. Sometimes you need that now and then. Bit yeah, of malt, yeah, absolutely. Bit of bitterness. Mm. Uh, what about the beer you're drinking now? The Flanders. Oh, look how I mean, red it is. Yeah, it's quintessential Flanders. It's like reddish brown mm. it's quite deep red um it smells it smells great you, you can smell all those black currants all those berries on it it's sort of you know it, it, it kind of brings me back i don't know if any of you have been stung by like nettles yeah but that yep. kind of nettly smell mm. it's got that in abundance it's got it's mm. sort of like that very not outdoorsy, I guess it's outdoorsy, but like very herbaceous kind of like smell. It smells like nettles. It's mm. like if I get too close, my nose is going to get stung. <laughs> yeah, it smells I will make so drinking much it a bit that. difficult. <laughs> Just a, a tingly tongue for the entire. Bit. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. got like a kind of peppery kind mm. of um, oh. aroma to it as well. So yeah, it looks great. It smells fantastic. And it's, it, I suppose it's more that kind of like torn herb smell, isn't it? It's not just like yes, a, a herb. Yeah. It's like when it's been, you know, ripped and you, kind of right ground grass, down yeah. slightly. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. This is from like Dundee. That's really mm. good. But, but it, it, it's, it's really good. It tastes really good. It's mm. not too sour. It's, it's, I, I expected it to be more sour, which is not in a way that it's like I'm disappointed, but in a way it's like, this is so much more drinkable, where it's like, yes, you're you're not puckering at every sip. It's it's very drinkable. It's very you're still getting that fruit. Um, go for for another sip. Mm. It's sort of got this kind of like very like hay like and. Mm. You know, taste to it as well. It just feels very earthy without it being, you know, too earthy when you think of a, let's say, red ale or a, mm, right, um, where it's like deep and earthy. It's got more of a very hay-like, more of a like hedgerow kind of like, as I say, nettily kind of. Mm. I'm throwing out, tossing out all the words now, but it's, it's it's very like, okay, you've just started grazing at the top of the grass rather than going too far down the stem and eating all the earthy, dirty parts. <laughs> yeah, it, it feels very fresh, but it still has that kind of like 
moorish, herbaceous kind of um, you know taste I... to it. It's really nice. It, it, it's got it's got a really good depth of flavour. Without being too sour, too fruity, it's got a good balance to it. Mm. It's. I think I poured the whole glass in here, and it's not going to last. Yeah. <laughs> it's it, it's it's really good, and for a Flanders where it's like you expect that sourness, it's not too sour. It's not overly sour. I mean, of course, my palate is more used to sour beers than most people, but I think a lot of people could drink this and enjoy it, get that fruitiness um, from it as well. But yeah. Mm-hmm. This is a fantastic beer. Brilliant. Nice. Have you had anything, or Adol, have you had anything from uh, Holy Goat Brewing before? No, but I, I, I'm going to look seek it out. Yeah, that's that's really good. That's really good. It's not too carbonated, not too hoppy. It's very soft, but it's still got a bit of zest to it. It's still got a bit of zippiness off the hop. So, yeah, that, that's a cracking beer. Nice. It's really nice. good. Did yeah, they? I, mean, I might as well just go get the Arbor now and smash it back because it's thinking about the Did they have many um, many beers from Holy Goat? Uh yeah, I had. What did I have from the? Was it was it a beer called the Gnosis or something? I'll, I'll have to look into it, but I had a, I bought a few from them. I think mm-hmm. uh, two or three beers from them recently. Might have been something called the Gnosis G N O. So, uh, SIS. Yeah, so they're definitely doing the Holy Goat as in Holy Ghost yeah. sort of religious spend. Yeah. Yeah, I'm conflating it in my head because I, I recently bought beers from Tartarus Brewing and they're very much doing the Achilles and, right. you know, <laughs> the Greek pantheon in there. So it's like getting those two mixed up. But yeah, I think I think I have the Gnosis from them. But um yeah, this this one definitely sticks out more than that one. This is this is a fantastic beer, you know. To, to take on a star like Flanders Red is no, you know, small feat, and mm-hmm. they've knocked it out of the park. It's really good, brilliant. And it poured a, it poured really nice. It poured with like a slightly off white creamy uh, head, so it just looks it looks great in the glass as well. So all around, really good. Perfect. Good. Good. Some excellent beers then to start us off with, and for the next. 40 minutes, 45 minutes or so. Uh, um, the whole episode today is dedicated to our favourite games of this year, but we're going to roll through quite quickly, I think. Mm. We, we, we all did lists of top 10. We're probably going to roll through quickly the first half of those lists uh, because there are some absolute bangers in our you know, <laughs> top fives that, 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 that crop up between sort of a few of us. So, um, we'll, we'll, we'll start off and I think I will just kick straight in. Honourable mentions. Oh yes, honourable mentions. Go on then. Yeah. Go on then, Lucy. Yeah. I'm literally going to read all, all of mine off. Yep. These, I play a lot of indie games this year. I think this is a year where it was like, okay, the AAAs haven't really turned up. Indies probably rise to the top in this kind of year, but I play indies every year, so this mm. is no different, but these are some of the ones that I enjoyed, um... So if anyone wants to check them out, just remember their names and go check them out on Steam. Get your pen and paper ready, listeners. Yes. Sizable. Nuts. A surveillance mystery. The one with the squirrel. Oh, the squirrel one. The good foley squirrel. Uh, Rain on your parade. Turnip boy commits tax evasion. Mm. Disc room. The dark side detective two. Uh, Papachura. I think that's how you say it. 
it's on Steam, it's a point and click, and they completely out of pay for stop motion kind of thing, very good. Uh, the Wild at Heart, which I think Adil played, the Indie mm. Pikmin. Uh, Omno, yeah. um, which is on Game Pass still, I think, it's like a kind of 3D platformer. Uh, Axiom Verge 2, Golf Club, Wasteland, The Last Stop, which Ben, I know you played a little bit of it, very mixed reviews, but mm-hmm. it's very British, so <laughs> yeah. that's great. Um, if on a Winter's Night uh, for Travellers, which I briefly spoke about on the podcast, I think I just told people to go play. It's free, very atmospheric, <laughs> point click. Mm, you did, game. yeah. Very good art. Happy Game, Amanita Design, mm-hmm. don't say more. Write a review for it. Uh, side, Nuclear yeah. Blaze, yep. Minute Fun Racer, which I know you like, Ben. That was fun. Side for the Circle, which technically came out last year, but I finished it on Apple Arcade this year. It's, it, it, it's, it's a really good, like, Cold War kind of really ramping up the tension kind mm-hmm. of uh, narrative game. All of You, also on Apple Arcade. And Lake, which is oh, nice. in like, the Pacific Northwest where you're actually just delivering mail. It's very yeah. quaint and weird, and I enjoyed it. So, yeah, those are my honorable mentions. Perfect. Um, Adam, Thank you. Launch into your honorable mentions. Um, yeah. So. I would say Wild at Heart was on there. Um, honestly, mm. I just wanted to say I finally, I, I a few months ago, I picked up uh, Link's Awakening, the mm-hmm. remake, and I it, it grabbed enough for me to actually restart it and finish it, essentially. So that, I think, for an old game and not my favorite version of a game, it's still worth mentioning because even the sort of bad version was enough to like <laughs> ah, it's still a great zelda game right yeah. yeah um and then the game i played today which i won't talk a lot about because i know you will is i am um a few moves through unpacking and i get it and it's awesome <laughs> uh so I, I just wanted to chime in to say it's not on my list and that's because i literally played it today Okay, if we're and... doing that, then before your eyes, because I literally played it yesterday. It'll be one that I sit with for a long time, but it's a late yeah. entry, so this That's is fair. why I'm glad Adil's there, so so he can talk about yeah. it. So. Yep. Uh, yeah. I also, uh, like clockwork, started speaking a bit loudly and excitedly, and now I have to let the cat out because he's yelling. <laughs> <laughs> do it i mean um, i can i can launch into my honorable mentions um i i played a lot of good games this year um yeah. but for as a, as a a very light spoiler a few of the games uh on my list i didn't finish but i felt that the the so time i'd spent the, exactly but the time i'd spent yeah. with them kind of just picked these games out a little bit to the 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 top ten, so uh, kind of honorable mentions. I would say was humankind, good RTS, not great. I went back to Crusader Kings three instead, so that tells you what you need to kind of know about humankind. Um, the Icky Island uh, expansion to Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah. It's more Ghost of Tsushima. Mm. It's fun. If you love that game, yeah, yeah, play that. It's 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 really fun. Uh, Twelve minutes. I was I I really liked Twelve Minutes when it released, and I think the more I, I think about it, the kind of the 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 less I yeah, f- yeah feel good about with it. There's there's, there's more huh. problems than I think I initially thought about. With that was it. the other one that I wanted to get to before the end of the year, mm. and I do want to get to it. So, um, but yeah, that 
that's natural. You feel differently about art over time. Absolutely. So it's like, yeah. yeah, completely. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the last one is Haven, which was the oh, yeah. uh, Game Bakers uh, uh, game where you are two characters kind of stranded. Um, and your, you know, third person sort of action-ish Old kind of game. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Really <laughs> great kind of, um, it's, it's not a dating sim, but it has those elements to it, right? You're, you're, you're in a relationship. So it has elements of trying to appease each other and doing stuff together and kind of the, the, the narrative between the two characters was really, really good. Uh, but again, I think there's a few games which just, just picked it. For me, um, which I haven't finished. Uh, and one of those, and I will launch into this one now because I'm going to say almost zero about it because I talked about it <laughs> very recently, is Resident Evil Village. Resident Evil oh, 8. Um, it's, you like Lady Dimitrescu and you want her to step on you. We get it. <sighs> I mean, when she chases you around that fucking castle, you <laughs> shit your pants. Like, it's, it's a game that I have played where I actually have jumped in you know one of those games where suddenly something will just catch you off guard even when i'm like i know something's coming i know something's coming i know something's coming oh there is classic and it still gets me and that that just works really the sound design is fucking fantastic and as i talked about previously the lighting is just amazing that engine is phenomenal um, so like resi i i think it's it's one of those games that would have featured higher on my list had I have kind of finished it. Because I'm really interested to know how it progresses, whether it sticks the landing, uh, you know, all of these kinds of things. And, and I think I've played a little bit more since um, we last spoke about it. And when I was talking about, I'm, I'm suddenly in a space where they've given me little places to hide in. The thing that is coming after me is Fucking horrifying. Yeah, I know the part that you got to when we yep. just about to talk. You went, and I was uh, like, where are you, Ben? Who the creepy little doll child? And I was like, I know what you're coming up yep. to. <laughs> and I, I, I was playing it the other night. Uh, I came downstairs after putting Evelyn to bed. Kim was upstairs. Mm. I played a little bit and I'm like, and that's when it kicked in. And I'm like, oh, I fucking hate this. It's horrible. <laughs> I'm gonna, I've just got to go and I've got to do this, blah, 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 blah. So I, I just and stayed poker face and just like, oh, okay, Exactly. Yeah, but I, I hid. <laughs> And Kim said, hey, let's go and do something. I'm like, yes, but just listen to this. And I unpaused it. And all she could <laughs> hear was this horrid, horrid no. noise. And she's like, nope. You're absolutely awful. fucking You're not. Turn that off. It's, horrid. <laughs> it's just disgusting. I'm like, cool. All right. No worries. And I've left it there. So, you know, it, it, I, I'm really interested to see kind of how it progresses. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll, we'll stick nice. with our... Oh, go on, Luce. Sorry. No, I'm just saying nice. I'm glad mm. you're enjoying that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, Lucy, we will come to you next. Um, yeah, I, I've got so this is going to be difficult because I'm going to come to each We're person and say, "What's your next game?" It's going to be like, "Oh, I can't say that because it's going to be the next one." I will launch <laughs> you in, I suppose, because I've got the ultimate list. Lucy, Hitman Three. Yeah, I haven't even finished it. Like you, mm. <laughs> I haven't finished this game, but it wouldn't be a Lucy list if Hitman didn't, doesn't rank somewhere. Um, it's, I think, I, I don't know how many missions there are, I imagine six, I'm probably on the fourth. I, I go back to it, you know, now and then. Mm-hmm. I don't think anything will have the the impact that Hitman 2016 had on me, but yeah. 
they're still such fun games, and they're games that it's like, okay, I haven't played it in nine months, but I'm still so attuned to how the game plays and mm. the rhythm of it, and and then when I start playing it, it's like, okay, I play it for like 20 hours. It's like I spend 20, 30, 40 hours in one map because they're so well designed, and mm. um, I just finished Berlin, um Spent several hours on that. I wasn't a fan of the second one, which I think it was like in, in London, like this Knives Out kind of mansion. Mm. Um, so I, I, I think I'm on like the fourth mission out of six. Um, but yeah, they're just fantastic games, and knowing that they're going to release some more content for it, because Hitman 2, the DLC maps, were probably the best mm. out of like, you know, out of out of if you're taking it as like eight separate missions, they were like probably in the top three or four out of that whole game. So it's like it's exciting to hear that they are still working on it because they're making a James Bond game, which is going to be exactly the same as Hitman. <laughs> it's just with whoever the next James Bond is, maybe reskin him like Spider Man did with Tom Holland, and that's all it's going to be because oh. yeah. But it's just like, that's what it is. So it's like, cool, go do that. Go make even more money because IO deserves all the money in the world because oh, they're, just, they're fantastic developers. The stuff that they do, the tech, the engine, like playing it on Xbox Series uh, X, it's just, I mean, the game already looked fantastic, but mm. it's just even better and it look, runs so well. And it's just like, yeah, I have to put it on my list because... It's the game that I've probably played the most of this year, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. despite having like nine months in between play sessions. Yeah. It's fantastic. I mean, you can make someone slip off like the top of the Burj Khalifa on a banana peel. <laughs> <laughs> That's the joy of Hitman, isn't it? Like the yes. absurdity yes. of it. It's like, this it's is fantastic. a super serious stealth assassination game. And I'm dressed as a fucking chicken. <laughs> and I'm going to make you slip on a banana skin off of the <laughs> tallest building yeah. in the world. Yeah. It's it's like I tried to do that on the mo- on the Berlin map, I think. Because this guy was going on, you know, he was, he was walking on this promenade and he was very close to the edge. I was like, can I do this? Can I put the banana peel? Will he slip off the edge? He didn't. But that's not the point of it. It's like It's like... It's a okay. There's limitations to the sandbox, but the fact that you can even think of that, and after he like fell over and some other guy came and picked him up, they were like, "Who did that?" It's like it's just a banana peel, mate. Why are you why are you looking for people? But after he did that, it's like I still managed to assassinate him after that in a ridiculous way because I like literally threw a sticky bomb at his back. <laughs> just <laughs> it's just. It's 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 a funny sandbox. It's those games are great. Yeah. Nice, good. Mm-hmm. Um, and adult is your sort of number ten. Um, Final Fantasy fourteen. Yeah, I t- I thought about games that like grabbed me and I stuck with. And when we played a bit earlier this year, mm. um, I re- I was like, oh, I remember playing games with friends, and also why like. It's like number 10 mostly because I enjoyed the plot. I also played a lot more than you because mm-hmm. uh, I didn't have as much things in my life to do. And like 
I I realized that I was like kept, I caught the MMO bug, but it was mostly honestly like between like free levels and like XP bonuses and stuff, and the plot being good. I was just leveling. Like I ended up having to switch jobs to stay within the level range of the plot. And mm. I just ended up lapping, like I had three jobs above at around 50 by the time I was like, maybe I should stop because this won't end anytime soon. But also you weren't playing and I realized, okay, now I'm just grinding this game. But like I put it there because it was like uh, for a while there and if I was like in a more stable place where I think I could control spending like catching up to the plot of this MMO – and apparently this is the badly written part of the plot of FF14. I just think, like, oh, yeah, this is a good game. Uh, it's a, it's very friendly um, to new players because of the, you know, it's free until level 60, including the award-winning expansion Heavensward, which is what all the advertisements say. This <laughs> um, <laughs> well, is the good bit. Get to the good bit. <laughs> well, yeah, but it's just like, oh you can play it by yourself and you can play it like it's just an RPG and there's people happen to be around. And like when you do need to do a dungeon because they've optimized things and incentivized people coming to low level dungeons in other jobs or for what other, other reasons you don't have a problem. Obviously it was much easier when I was playing like a healing class um, because that's just how MMOs work, right? Mm -hmm. But I just, I think it was good. And like, I honestly, when I was thinking about the year, I was like, oh, wait, I actually might, it's not, it's not a powerhouse needing game. I might go and try and play some of that plot. You know, maybe, maybe pick a month to just gr turn it on and be like, ah, oh, it's, I'm like, I think I'll go back to it. And that's when I was like, ah, oh, I think I'll put it on the list because I played a bunch, then took a break, and I don't have any hard feelings on a foreign MMO, which is very mm -hmm. rare. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it was either that or I said Outriders. I mean, I spent a lot of time on that, but that wasn't nearly as fun. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd kick you off. I'd, yeah, I no. don't even there was no way Outriders was going to go but, on. Um, yeah, I think me and you are going to have to have a private conversation about what does this game look like? How do you put story in MMO? But we'll talk about that later because I don't even think I've seen a screenshot of. I've heard a lot about Final Fantasy XIV. I'm glad it's thriving, but. I thought I did, I thought it was like some top down game. I played uh, what was it called? Civil, uh, Nina Freeman game where she played like Final Fantasy XII, which is like a top down look. At, I don't even know what Final Fantasy XIV looks like. This is how out of my wheelhouse this is. But I'm glad people are enjoying yeah, it. Yeah, and yeah, and I, I think it's one of those that <laughs> it, it may have appeared on my list had we continued playing i think the the thing i liked about it was playing a game with you rather yeah. than necessarily final fantasy 14 itself yes much better than outriders absolutely <laughs> um but yeah. and the thing is on the on, yeah <laughs> and the thing is because i had the extra time and i was like oh i'll just continue like i'll play this other character and i'll just do some of the plot from another nation and then it, the plot got me and you just like we were pretty much trying to play together, and so we ended up, so as soon as we could, doing dungeons and things and mm. doing some of the plot. But, it, yeah, I mean, you just you need to put the time in to grind those first 20 levels because the plot is an MMO in the first 20 levels. Yeah. And, like, mm -hmm. but also just like the, like, the fact that I was, like, I switched to Ninja, and Ninja was a really cool DPS sort of mechanic and it was very different handling than the other ones and like 
the other jobs I played, it was just like, oh, not only can you switch with the same character and you like it's pretty easy to do that, um, but also it feels different when you play each class. It's not just like okay, so like older MMOs, it's like my like move rotation is one, three, five, wait, six, hover over five, you know, like. And now I'm this other class, and it's just like okay, so it's one, four, five, hover over six. Like you're still kind of the the like with the ninja, it's about combos. So you have to hit with a move in order to time to do another move, and the only way to like, but that only means you can break their um, like (laughs) you can do things like they're charging up a move, and you can break them from that, which is really useful and. It, it just felt a lot more – it's not like – it's the same st- style of moves I've seen in World of Warcraft and like even mm-hmm. FF11. But the play style is very different between characters and like the different healing classes really play differently. And it's like, ah, oh, mm. this th- – if you just wanted a game with an interesting story and, and so far decent side quests um, and you weren't trying to like rush to the finish – it's great because then you're like, oh, I'm bored of doing this. So we'll switch jobs and like you go, you'll probably yeah. still be able yeah. to play, you know. Um, and it's an endless MMO, but you can play it with different classes. Yeah, completely. So really you just uh, constantly yeah. be endless. Yeah. yeah. Let's let's roll through these yeah. next games uh, quite mm-hmm. quickly. We've only got one number nine because the other choices mm-hmm. featured higher in the list. And add all that was yours, which is size matters. Yeah, I just think it's a fun little game. Yeah, uh, it's absolutely. A, it's, it's, yeah. A, it's a physics. I streamed it. I think you both jumped in. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. Uh, ben, were you in the back seat with me? I think you might have been on that first Maybe. look, or were you just typing I think, yes, at me? Yes, yes. I don't remember. I don't sure, remember. But... I, mm. <laughs> no, maybe we you were, were just all, both in the room. We were all present, but yeah. it was very But yeah, funny. it's basically <laughs> a little game. Uh, it's literally... You, you're a scientist. It's for a first-person puzzle platforming, I guess. But the whole the premise is... You fucked up, and now um, you've you've got your experiment on you, and you're slowly shrinking. And you have to figure out. First of all, you have to figure out how to make the antidote uh, by putting up different, finding different formulas throughout the lab, finding the right ingredients in the lab, putting them together the right way, figuring out how to make. You know, there's like different machines do different things. Some combine two different elements and you have to find the recipe to be like, Oh, to make polonium, you need these two things and you need to get them to the machine and then wait. But every, every time you wait time, you get like, as you're slowly shrinking, that means that by the time you're getting close to finishing your job, you know, you're starting to have to move the chair around to yeah. get up onto it, the lab bench to get things. It's physical slapstick in a game. Oh, yes, uh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. and it's like using yeah. like desk drawers as a staircase. <laughs> but then, ha- but because they're drawers, it's not like steps, so you you can like fall. Like it's yeah, it's just dumb hijinks. And um, there's different ways you can play. Like the like I play through basically on stream, and you can check it out on first looks on the YouTube. Um, but like, there's different. Uh, levels and they have um bigger lab more complicated things you know like you can yeah. if you work your it's, way through all the levels it's a good but, sim game without being like stupid and cynical like absolutely yeah and the, the one go simulator was and what people are trying to end <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah yeah and then like the, the only complaint i had is one level they started to make it so that you could both spill things and break beakers but didn't really <laughs> tell you how to fix beakers 
And I was fine with the surprise, but then it turns out I, I, I just was spinning my wheels because I thought I had to do one thing with one machine and I didn't. But other than that, and also once you play all the levels, you can make your own, like you can just say, I want a big lab and I want these rules and not these other rules. And I want to, I want to shrink even more and I want to, or just... I can give myself double jumps like the sandbox yeah. mode. Once you've played through, it is really ridiculous and like. I just remember you breaking the beakers on everything. <laughs> just like yeah. I have this perfect like, concoction oh. there. Oops! Just yeah. dropped it in the sink or on yeah. the floor, smashed it against the desk. It's yeah. Very good yeah. game. And then yeah. you jump in the sink to pick it up, and you realize you've shrunk too much, so you can't get out of the sink. Yep. And you're like, well, I guess I'm dying here now. <laughs> yeah, it was just ton- it tons of fun, and like the yeah. whole game takes two three hours, but. It's well Genius worth it. Genius idea, yeah. And yeah. also, like, especially uh, to be honest, like, um, it like you guys can attest to this. You don't even have to be the one playing to enjoy it. Like, it's <laughs> definitely one of the like play and play with your, slash in front of your partner or take turns mm-hmm. or whatever. It's yeah, nice. Um, it's that, just charming. I'm glad you put that on your list. Yeah. yeah, it's just making me laugh. Just well, it, it, it rolls quite nicely into the next into my next game, um, mm. which again is a, an incredibly fun game to play with really good physics, which is Deathloop. Mm. And I'm I never, I didn't, I didn't finish it. I didn't finish well, it. We can't. It's but a loop. Apparently, that's a good thing because apparently the ending's a bit of a bummer. So, uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think I found it was a bit of a bummer because actually, I really like the idea of going into these missions and just causing carnage and doing your big kick and knocking people off fucking cliffs and having <laughs> incredibly good gunplay, really good gunplay. It's it's fantastic. In terms of the actual sort of combat stuff, but I think it's almost bogged down a little bit by the yeah. the puzzle kind of premise to it, like trying to have that perfect loop and those sort of elements, like go yeah. here, do this, so that can happen for the next bit, and that and then you're like, no, you failed. You've just got to try and do that again. Fine, you know, a lot of games have that element to them. You fail them, you have to try and do that kind of bit again. But this kind of tries to allow it to be a bit more sandboxy like yeah you didn't do that this time so maybe you could take a break and go somewhere else and try and uncover some more information and stuff but at some point you have to do that you have to do that to progress and that's fine but it presents the game to you in a way that it's sort of you can kind of do what you want and be a bit more free but actually you're quite set in the moves that you have to make yeah yeah i heard that sentiment a lot like from Steph as well. It's yes, like, yeah, yeah. They said exactly that, and it's just ugh, it doesn't seem as freeing as most arcane games. Mm-hmm. And I understand why they probably might have wanted to narrow it down a bit more because you know um, that that kind of sim, you know, what are they call in 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 something sim. Uh, <laughs> well, you can do whatever you want. It's like you know the game reacts to you. I understand why they would probably want narrative, you know, narrow it down for mm. people, especially on a, you know, seems this game got a lot of, you know, players, and mm. it seems like oh, I, I don't know, it's one of those, isn't it? It's, it? it's like Dishonored, the people who love Dishonored love Dishonored, but it didn't hit that mainstream audience. Where yeah. this seems like it has more of a mainstream audience. Yes, very much. It kind of. Fizzled a bit. People even mm. love it, like it, so yeah, yeah, yeah. it alienates a lot of people. people well, like I ended up not picking sim, it up because I heard the mixed reviews and yeah. like you know it was just like I'll oh, wait till I'm... next year and try yeah. it out and it might uh, be uh, it'll like be on Game Pass at some point next year, yeah. I imagine. So yeah, yeah. yeah. literally a day, <laughs> a year to the day it came out. That's yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Lucy, we will come to you next mm-hmm. uh, for Pocket Watch. Oh yeah, this is a um, sock pop. If you don't know them, they are a indie studio who are on Patreon, and basically, if you support their Patreon, you get uh, a free game every month. They make oh, nice. you know some very small games. That's mm. how they sustain themselves. Like, mm. and they make some really inventive things. It's like I don't support their Patreon, but every, I always. I su- I subscribe to their Patreon, so I see their updates or whichever games that they're you know going to bring out next. Mm. Um, I think was it a year or two ago? Um, I bought their game called Peach Peach something. Let me call Peach Quest or something like that, which was a top-down kind of looks like Hidden Folks kind of mm. adventure game, but um. They have all their games on like a Steam. You can get like a steal, especially in like a Steam sale um, nowadays. And you can just play all their games that they put out. But they've got this very quirky, very kind of colourful art style, very cutesy. But they put out this game called Pocket Watch, which is basically a time loop game, like all the games this year. Yeah. But you're playing as this um, duck on this island. You wake up on this island. It's sort of like Link's Awakening that we talked about before. You wake up on this island, and basically in so much time, this uh, volcano is going to erupt, and it's going to kill everyone on the island. It's going to end the game, and that's um, the end of the loop. And then in each loop, you find ways of circumventing some things and, you know, getting these new um, things in your inventory to expedite actions and activities, and it's, it's, it's a quintessential time loop game. But it's really cute. It's really inventive. It's like three pounds. It's got this like kind of top-down, sort of like the old Link's Awakening look. It's it's set in this very small kind of play area. So it's like you know, but it's it's got all these different you know not possibilities because it's not you know very immersive. It's it's basically I need to do this and then I need to do this and I, it's very you know. It, it, there's certain things that you need to do. It, it, it doesn't have that kind of malleability where you can choose how to um, influence the time loop. Mm-hmm. But it's like it's just a it's a really good and well made puzzle adventure game. Nice. It's like okay, I need to do this and this and this and this and this. Things carry over in the time loop, so it's not like mm. you're having to do it all in one run. But it's just very charming, very cute, and it's like it's a good puzzle game, and it's. As I say, cheap, made by a very small team. And this is like one of their monthly games. Like sometimes they, I mean, they they have these different developers. So it's like, they're probably spending about three, four months on each game. But to be made right. in that kind of time, and still be a really fun game. It, it, it's very, it, you know, it's really good. So, yeah. And nice. I really enjoyed it. It good. was just something like, oh, I'm going to check out the next Sock Pop game because this Appeals to my sensibilities. They make all sorts of games, like multiplayer games, very physics-y based games, puzzle games. So yeah, I'm nice. Like, this nice. is really cute, really good. So yeah, good. If Want anything, check out Sock Pop. Yeah, yeah. You know? Nice, really good. Perfect, um, perfect. Um, and to round out our number eights, Adam will come back to you for fights in tight spaces. Yeah. It's a game I played on stream and then took a while to go back to, just because. Um, Time. It's just come out of early access. Mm. Like yeah, last week. Yeah, and so I and I've, I've checked it out. Not quite 
in its non out of early access mode, but like about a month ago again. And it's, I mean, I'm a sucker for a card game. It's a roguelike card game. Who cares about like? It, it doesn't matter what the premise is. You're a secret agent, and you're going to hunt bad guys. And you're John similar, Wick. yeah, you're John Wick basically, um, without the sad dog part. Um, thank God. Um, <laughs> but like you, yeah. So you you've got a map, and it's sort of procedural generated. Um, but the level will have certain spots, and you go up. You know, just like in Slay the Spire and all these other roguelike deck building games, um, and you choose a path and there'll be branching paths and some might have better like you know places to buy more cards or have more fights but maybe it'll be a harder fight and that might give you a reward but what really cinches it is it's it's just fun to play and watch the 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 aesthetic is it's great uh isometric ish sort of three quarters Mm -hmm. top down um of of rooms and you can go in sometimes you can go in uh so you're always just fighting in a room and it mm-hmm. might have multiple exits um and it's going to be in like a white with like grayscale accents for like you know tiles and you know borders and it's shading. very stylish in yeah that, and, but you are like a totally. monochrome silhouette mm. um besuited um black like black silhouette character and the enemies are various shades of red and so you have this lovely red black white um very crisp clean aesthetic and every move you do um so you have like movement cards and action cards and attacks and like disarms and stuff and it's all animated like john wick so it's all fluid like wire foo type nonsense so it's really fun (laughs) to watch even the most basic things but also when you play three cards in a row that allow you to like dodge a thing and then punch a guy and like it just you feel you feel like John Wick. Mm-hmm. Um it's it's very tight combat. Um and like one of the ways you can kill someone is to knock them out of the room. Like it it's it's fights in tight spaces. Uh a kill condition is like so you can have a guy who's got like twenty health left and you're like, oh, I'm fucked. I was like, ah but if I do this, I can get pushed push a guy into him such that he'll now be in front of the doorway and then I can jump kick him and mm-hmm. it will do one damage and he'll have 19 health left, but he'll be, he'll be knocked backwards. Yeah. Done. It's, it's one I really want to get back to now that it's early access. Cause um, say it's stylish. It's very tactical. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So I think um, the, 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 I think it's, so if you don't like roguelikes or you don't like card games, um, I think a nice analogy is if you t- if you don't like um, strategy RPGs, Into the Breach is great, even though it's a strategy RPG because it's secretly a puzzle game. And I feel like because of the tight spaces and the like different win conditions, um, and like and because it's moving around a map, it feels more puzzly than say like yeah. Slay the Spire or Monster Train or all these other Absolutely. ones, which are very much a I'm like they're they're about using your cards effectively, and you're essentially like. I'm facing you. You're facing me. Like, like it's just like throw damage out. It's very much like there isn't a map to consider in most of these games, yeah. mm. and that's what makes this really fun. Is the is moving around, and you can have like different styles of decks, which are like 
um, yeah, very defensive, like jujitsu, sort of like I'm just going to wait to find my opening, like or it can just be like, who's just like who just you know throws people like a wrestler, yeah, yeah. Or you could be like, ah, oh, I, I, I've got this. Like, I'm a glass cannon. I've got a weapon, and as yeah. long as I get them first, it'll be okay. But if they touch me, I'm going to die. Uh, and like, Even it's, it's tight just... spaces. There's a lot of room for, for, for planning and malleability mm. and yeah, different play styles. Like yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's so, yeah. so obviously, I don't want to talk too much more. But it's fun. I like it. I want to play mm. more. It's a game I've gotten as far in as I as some of the other games. But like, the base mechanics are great, and like the deck building. Is satisfying. Nice, nice. Um, we will. We're, we're almost on the hour, but we will get in our number sevens before we launch into our next beers. Mm-hmm. Um, we will very quickly go through Lucy first. Number seven, Strange Land. Yeah, it's it, the probably uh, lack of time and the fact that it's a you know point and click narrative kind of adventure game probably does us a favor because it's. I don't want to say too much, mm. but um, it's. It's a very, it, it, it's like a point and click adventure that you'd find in like the late 1990s where it's like, it's got this really grungy looking pixel art. The pixel art is fantastic. I remember on our podcast, you, you were looking at the Steam page, Ben, and you were like, is it yes. pixel art? It's like, yes, it is pixel art. It's just very detailed. Um, but yeah, very dark, very, very adult kind of themes. It's, it has some, um, really interesting, uh, you know, kind of subtext to it, and it's got a director's commentary. So it's like, if you listen to that after the game, it's just like, yeah, it, you fully understand like the creative process and mm. what went into the game. But um, yeah, it's it, it's just one of those. I I think it helped that I played it pre-release, and it was like, there's no walkthroughs. I have no walkthroughs. Mm. Sure, I could go back to the uh person who supplied me a code, but it's like, it just reminded me of playing like this weird. You know, point and click game on like a 1990 CD-ROM, putting it in and just like having, having to just figure out the puzzles because they are kind of like abstract because it is very weird. You're in this strange land. You're in this very, you're basically loop. It's like a time loop game. Who would have thought in 2021 where you're just <laughs> looping, you're, you're dying over and over and you have to like break this loop. Um, so it's like you have to figure it out. The puzzles aren't. You know, you know, clear cut. They're not, you know, very, very obvious. So it's like yeah. very abstract, very, very within the tone. And it's like, okay, I have to think of this out. But yeah, it just it, it reminded me of one of those, just like yeah, old yeah. school point and click adult themes. Hmm. I, it, yeah, I, it, it's one of my favorite experiences this year, just going through that game. So nice, yeah. nice. Um, Lucy, we'll, we'll kind of almost stick with you. Um, but something that featured for number seven for me, a little bit higher than you, was uh, mm. Toem. Yeah, yeah. Um, what, yeah. A cu- what a cute fucking game. It is. <laughs> really cute. Um, isometric, black and white, uh, camera. <laughs> You're taking pictures of things. It's like, go find this in the world. Um, very, uh, not, not abstract. Some of them were abstract, but like mm-hmm. very, uh, you know, saying, giving you clues like what you have to take picture of in the world it was just cute and yeah. just fun and, 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 and it's got relaxing. a very it was relaxing it's got a very specific mechanic to it which mm-hmm. you pick up straight away it's like a super simple game mm-hmm. yeah it has a lot of heart to it and and i really even, like the ending yes yeah and, <laughs> it, and it, it has a lot of kind of 
even though it's simple, even though it's kind of saying, you know, go and take this photo, go and do this, there's a lot of kind of subtext in there mm-hmm. as well. And you can kind of read that as you want, but it, 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 it conveys it quite well in sort of being very heartfelt, being very kind of coming of age sort of story whilst being this super simple game yep. to pass. And it has a lovely kind of almost 2.5D kind of aesthetic to it. It's kind of almost, you know, paper craft, you know, paper Mario kind of tear away style, mm-hmm. even though it's got this black and white sort of uh, tone to it. Like just, it just hits really, really well. And yeah, it's incredibly yeah. short, <laughs> which is yes, very which beneficial is great. Yeah, to it. like four hours max. <laughs> yeah. But it's one of those that I don't, always think about when it's like what's your favorite top 10 it's one that i had to look through my list to find Mm. but it's one of those where it's like i had such a good albeit short time with this Mm -hmm. and i think the shortness contributed to why i had such a good time to it but it's just very pleasant it's like those were the happy probably the happiest four hours i've had this year (laughs) (laughs) if you could distill it into like what was the time that you were the most happy this year? It was probably playing terms. Nice, so. nice. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't disagree. Um, but, but that brings us nicely on to uh, Adol's number seven, which is probably not the nicest or happiest <laughs> four hours that he has spent. Um, but, but we've again we've talked about at fucking length is control. Yeah, hmm? and so I, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think we talked about it last year because it was on your mm-hmm. top list, but my I didn't start top three. Yep. It was in top three, yeah. yeah. Um, and I mean, that's what spurred me to play it. Short um, aside, I'm so glad Remedy are doing a survival horror game. <laughs> oh, so yeah. <laughs> They're making Alan Wake 2 and they said this is our survival horror game. It's like, you were going that way. It's got sure. Jared Leto in it, it, though. It's like, oh, what's really? The, what's Jared Leto in it? Like, <laughs> You'll see the back of his head all the time. Skip through the cutscenes, yeah. it's fine. Like yeah. I did with the first Alan Wake, because the story's pretty crap. But anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um... Yeah, so it's um, a game we found out uh, after the fact was in the Alan Wakeverse, mm. um, because. Um, but yeah, it's 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 just fun. It's a fun, tight, absolutely um, well designed, uh, good ramp up game. Well, you don't like well designed. The world. The, 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 oh, I mean, the, the world. The, the design of the world is just. Yeah. That, oh, see, I thought I found that I liked it because to get him from the, place to place it was. Shitty. Yeah, that's I true. That is my. Yeah, yeah, travel travel isn't great in that game, and it's. I think they didn't figure out how to make it leaner because they wanted to play to the whole aesthetic of the building always changing. I actually was let down by that because. I remember you saying yeah. Yeah, because it was just like. If you're gonna make oh, it confusing, whole... at least change it. <laughs> well, well, the th- the whole point was like, oh, this place is really, really dynamic, and we never know, and also. But it turns out it's just like, oh, you go into this room and it looks this way and then you beat the level or the boss or whatever and then it changes to this thing and then it's always like that. That's and then but like they made a big deal in the confusing. yeah, in the plot and then like in the narration and the interaction with the NPCs of like, oh yeah, you never quite know where you go and it's like, ah, oh, it sounds like I just my mental map's pretty good and I'm brand new. Like, are you guys just did you get lost everywhere? <laughs> um but like I really enjoyed um the like quality of the enemy the like the enemies um and how you could kind of use your powers in different ways Mm. i really liked talking to you both about um like your different what you like emphasize because i basically went throw things at people 
Mm-hmm. Make that stronger. Make me get more of them. I never used the shield once. I unlocked the power and didn't use it, and then never upgraded it. And like I've just played a very aggro version of the game. Um, and, and then like what, watching a let's player talking to you guys is like, oh, you can really do this in different ways, and yes. it still feel and you still feel like super badass no matter what power you're using. The plot was interesting. I liked the world a lot. Um, uh, I haven't thought about Alan Wake in a long, long time, and like that made me be like, oh, should I revisit? And maybe I will yeah. before the new one comes. It's like, yeah, it's just a solid game. It's the closest, pretty much the closest thing I have to a triple A game, and it's yeah. famously a double A game. <laughs> I think it's probably looking at our list, the only it, it, it's the biggest budget game. Yeah, probably on on the rest of the list, um, and I, I really enjoyed going back to it and playing through the yeah, foundation the... And, or uh, yeah the, those those expansion packs that they they brought out and and you know that gives you a little bit more with it tying it into to Alan Wake, um, but it's it's again it's like um, the Icky Island for Ghost of Tsushima, it's more control. You you do get at least with control some excellent kind of exposition. In yeah. lots of the stuff that you do, nothing is uh, is ever kind of like I'll oh, just get through this. It's it, it always kind of feels like in the storyline that it has a purpose in what you're kind of doing. So I think it's it's it remedy just have this excellent and we've had this with Max Payne games and stuff like yeah. Everything follows on really really well. The, the, the quality of writing in Remedy is really really good. I mean that's basically like I played a lot of that game because i did do almost all of the side quests hmm. um i did try and find as much information because i wanted to know more about the world i wanted to see that writing i wanted to see that world building yes. yeah. and i enjoyed the gameplay enough that it like even when i was like there was that one boss in the basement that i was just too low power to was to, that the to, moss to... boss or something the, the it three-headed was one the three-headed thing Okay, not sure um, if I did that one. It's a hidden um, one. And, I think it's a hidden yeah, one. You don't have to yeah, do yeah. it. Yeah, and and the thing is, I was so invested in that game, and I felt like I liked the challenge that whatever I bumped into, I was just like, I will beat this now. And then that was the one time I gave up. And then when I came back later, because I had got the power up that you could throw things at three, three, you could lift and get three things with the lifting <laughs> power. Yeah, that boss was insanely easy because the problem was I would throw a thing at one of the heads and the other two heads would be attacking me. Like, well, now I just pick three things up, throw them at the three, <laughs> three heads, and now I can just fucking shoot you with my guns. Yeah. Um, and it, it really showed just how different the game is at, at um, like just how capable you are. But you don't really notice in the mainline plot just how more, much more powerful because it's paced really well. Mm. Yeah, good game. Oh, just uh, a solid, I solid game. Away, great, yeah. great world, and like. Yeah, the world building is yeah. fantastic. And that's what sold me on it, basically. That's why I yeah. like played a lot of it. Perfect. Good. Uh, we will launch then into the rest of our games after this. We're going to open some beers at all. Uh, you kicked us off. Uh, you opened the first beer, so we'll come to you for your next sure. beer this evening. This one is Polish? Yes, it's sure. another oh, Nepomucin, because I bought three ah. of them. From my order online, um, I love uh, the I love the name. Sorry, spoilers. I love the name. Yeah. So I this is a. Say that. I don't know why, but I say it's a triple double. Yeah, it's the, it's the triple why. double. Um, 
<laughs> it's a triple double uh hazy dipper. Triple doubles are basketball. Yeah, yeah, but I, I, I don't watch Ten. basketball, but I always say triple double. <laughs> I don't mm. know why? I don't know what context. Oh, it's it's in an Ice Cube song as well. Maybe oh, that's yeah. why. <laughs> the footsteps in the dark. What's the footsteps in the dark Ice Cube song? Oh yes, yeah, yeah. That one. Yeah, it's in that fucking yes, ice cube song. Yes, maybe that's why. That's why. That's why double. people know what a fucking okay. triple double is. Apart from it okay. being like assists and shots and stuff. <laughs> right. You, you, uh. you solved my problem then. Thank you for delving <laughs> um, into my psyche. I'm a simple person. Before we get on to beers, if anyone would like to go back to the ori- origins of that song, the Isley Brothers are fucking amazing. Yes. They are. I love the eyes. Anyway, um, yes, deal with Yeah, <laughs> so it's a 7.5% hazy dipper. Triple double. No, it's not basketball. It's already three beers hopped extremely with three hops. It's already three beers hopped extremely with three hops. This is another player in the extremely hopped team of 2201. Yes, this also has 30 grams of hops per liter. Which player can get this score? I feel like maybe the translation from Polish got a little clunky, <laughs> but it might have just been my reading. Um, but yes, it was a it's good also day. really great can art. I love the the like hops coming into mouths of mm. these weird cartoon people. They've made the shot. Um, That's it. The hops. Yeah. The hops in. Um, it was nice. a good day. Ice Cube. Which yes. Is yes. One of my favorite songs ever, probably. Yes, but especially from Ice Cube. Nice. Yes, and the Izzy Brothers song that he, you know, covers that from is even better. He is absolutely footsteps in the dark. <laughs> is one of the fucking best songs ever. Um, I'm going to go with what I would think is probably one of the best British breweries. I'm going a little bit further Ooh. north um, for a special beer. This is the Northern Monk Eighth Anniversary mm. Double IPA. Woo! Eight point eight percent. A triple double. As we call it in the business. <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't know that Northern Monk were one of the UK's 100 best small companies to work for in 2021. Uh, oh, they're also a living nice. wage employer. Uh, they've got some things on the can. Um, and apart from lots of photos of the faces, I would assume of the people who work for them and have worked for them, potentially, there isn't much more on this. It tells me it's got Citra, Mosaic, Idaho 7, and Strata in it. Uh, it does give me IBUs, ECB, EBCs, Original Gravity uh, as well, but it's got oats, wheat. That's pretty much all it gives me. But, it, you know, yeah. they, they put out yeah. a special birthday beer for being eight. Good. So, good for them for being a good employer. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Um, so a special episode, special beer. That's what I'm going to crack into. Uh, Lucy, what are you having next? Yeah, I'm having a special beer that I could have aged, but no. uh, Because the the, the best (laughs) before date is 2024. Just drink it now. (laughs) Uh, The best before date is 2024. Um, But it's a malt garden beer, and it's called Gate Number 3 2021. It's a bourbon barrel-aged imperial stout with maple syrup. That's how... And paying homage to Canada. It's got maple syrup. <laughs> um, but it's a it's a limited series uh, of beers aged in wooden barrels of fine spirits. But yeah, I think they've put out a few more of these recently. I mm-hmm. think um, 
yeah, with their series, I've checked their Instagram. The yeah, there's a few of them. It's it's a gorgeous bottle. You probably can't really see it, but um, it's got like this sort of um, you're like looking into this um garden with this kind of like arch into it, and it's like some sparkly stars in the background. It's it's really nice looking. Nice. I don't know if you can. Yeah, yeah. Quite. Yeah, see just it, get that. Yeah, yeah. It's ten point five percent, so Perfect. it's a biggie, but um, five hundred mil. But yeah. Um, the Polish, as we've always said, like that, that side of Europe, they know how to do their stouts. So Absolutely, been looking forward to this one. Yeah, I think the last uh, time I had Malt Garden was on the end of year show last year. Mm. Uh, I don't think I've had one That's since trend, since then. Um, so nice to see them popping back up again. Uh, Adam, we'll come back to you for the Nepomusen, isn't it? I think. Mm. It's oh, hazy wow. And- Hazy. Yeah, I saw <laughs> you pour that, and I didn't want to interrupt Ben. Mm. Like, yeah, damn, that looks. Yeah, so it's super hazy, like mm-hmm. almost whitish yellow. I want to say, like it's just got there's so much haze that it's it's it feels whiter than it is. If that makes mm. sense. Um, a minimal head, lovely, slightly floral, much more citrus sweet nose. Um. Like almost a vanilla hint there, but not mm-hmm. quite. Wow. Sorry, I was just like, oh, that's quite thin. And then I was like, wait, Brain, this is 7.5%. Oh, no, this is a troublesome beer. Because, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, like, super easy to drink. First sip, already knocked down a finger. Of, of of beer just being like oh yes because it's so mm-hmm. thin like it doesn't mm. feel like a boozy beer that the, like the six percent had before was like oh yes it feels kind of thick i like that it's probably because the six percent this is like a nah don't worry about it don't don't look at that percentage it's fine it's just like session beer um <laughs> it's it's quite but it, it does betray its alcohol because it's got a little creaminess to it mm-hmm Looks great. So it feels like it's got a thin mouthfeel, but it does have a little bit of that viscosity, um, which you you can't really get rid of, but also it means it clings to the tongue and the mouth in a really pleasing way. Here I'm getting... Um, hmm. Light citrus, but again, um, I'm, I'm now we're leaning sort of halfway between passion fruit and mango, but again, not kind of reserved. I was kind of thinking this might be a little more um, punchy, but it fades into a slightly piney, really pleasant bitterness. Again, quite light, betrayed with this 7.5%. Um, oh, this is really good. It's It's like simple. Yeah, mm. yeah. If it's thin, I'll just um, go down really easily. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. There's another look thin. Sorry, <laughs> it, do, it, yeah, look, it... it looks. I, I know what you're saying. It's like thin and creamy, but it, it, it looks dense and heavy. But if it's not, then that's just oh yeah, no, perfect. It, you know, it also has a bit of a. It has some mal- a nice sort of malt malty ness that comes in on the finish. Just gives, mm-hmm. gives it slightly. So it's sort of like. Again, this like midpoint between passion fruit and mango, sort of slightly tropical, but again, not bubbling over with tropical. But yeah. then it's like it's paired with this like smooth, almost shortbread type biscuitiness hmm. in the sense of like the smoothness, not necessarily the taste, right? Like, so it's got this maltiness, but it's not like, oh, yeah, oats in the face. It's just, 
again, it, uh, I'm surprised that I've picked these two two beers, one from Poland, one from Spain, both dippers, but they're both quite reserved dippers. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, it's really excellent. Um, the finish is also nice and long, and it's it's sort of I'm getting that sort of sweet tropical fruit fading in and out yeah. uh, throughout the finish, which is nice. It's like it's it's sort of trading spots with a little more of that, just that more standard bitterness, which is meaning, except for trying to decipher things and the fact that it's so easy to drink, like I can actually mm. sit with this yeah. and still have two different tastes, sort of, like I said, changing places in the finish, which is, is like great because that means I might not slam this back because I will be quite content to have like that sweetness coming in and then the maltiness taking over uh, with the bitterness underneath. Quite, I'm quite surprised how how this how sweetness is remaining left. Who is the brewery again? Sorry, Nepomucin, the Spanish one. No, oh, the Polish. No, Polish. This is the Polish. The Polish. One. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. Nep- that was the Nepomucin one. Nice. Mm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Good. Yeah, it's, it's. I don't know if I need to say much more. Um, no, no, I need. Uh, as, I mean, last week my beer was their collaboration with Pony Club. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was that stout, and that stout was excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, surprised. Nice. Definitely nice. look looking, gonna keep my eye out for them. Um, ben is drinking orange juice. Right uh, I, I'm not surprised <laughs> by this uh, Northern Monk. Northern Monk make fantastic beers, and for those of you who potentially don't drink huge amount of craft beer and are looking to get into drink some of their patrons beers because northern monk mm. absolutely knock it out of the park with those and this feels like one of those beers um whilst it's kind of like an anniversary beer uh, and a dipper it feels like they are not quite living in that middle ground between that juice bomb and the more modern kind of dippers which are a little bit more earthy and things this mm. is you know, slightly more kind of dank. It's it's, it's absolutely thick. I mean, yeah. As Lucy said, it just looks like juice. It, it, oh, it, it's yeah. maybe a little bit more watery than that in its viscosity, but color wise and 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 the way that it looks, it is just solid. Um, yeah. lovely light nose, a little bit of nice fruit on there, but a, a, a hint of that sort of overripe melon in there as well in the nose. But on the flavour, okay, like as soon as I smelt it, I thought, right, this is a modern double IPA. Yep, uh, fine. I know what I'm expecting. Yeah. But actually, yeah. when I when I drink it, it's more nuanced than that. It's got a nice a bit of sort of tropical sweetness to it. Okay. Um, you you do get those more earthy, really ripe kind of melon notes in there as well. But they lead really quickly into a lovely dankness, and that sweetness cuts above everything else and just lasts and lasts and lasts and lasts and lasts. So whilst the rest of it is kind of flowing through these different types of flavors, going from this slightly kind of earthy, salady sort of initial flavor into a lovely piney kind of dankness, a little bit of weediness to it, because it's got that nice tropical sweetness just cutting above everything else which lasts, it kind of just elevates it above all of these other beers which have gone, hey, this is this modern kind of double IPA that we're all trying <laughs> mm. out now. Like, 
every brewery has decided they're going to do. Excuse me. This one kind of just... Just, oh, it doesn't, like, split the flavour. Yeah. It's just kind of got two things sort of going on. And that works really well for it. It, it, it feels like, as I say, they're sort of one foot in juice bomb, one foot in modern yeah, yeah. kind of earthy, you know, really ripe sort of uh, double IPAs. But actually, it's more than that. It's not just they're sat in this middle ground. It's actually that they seem to have got both of those elements to work together and not be like, here is this and here is this. It's like, no, this is all going to flow really, really well together. So it's it's absolutely a modern double IPA with Mm. that really ripe kind of mango. But just that, that added sweetness, which can cut through everything else. Just adds say, so it's much. Emblematic to it. of what they've done in the past and where they are now. And would you say that encaptures? That's a word. Uh, encapsulates. Yes, encapsulates mm. the monks. Absolutely. Kind of yeah, this is this is. If you wanted to know what northern monk are, this yeah. is a brilliant beer to kind drink. And, and northern monk run the gambit of uh, lighter beers. You know, into double IPAs, into stouts. Um, so, this is kind of one of those bigger beers which you could pick up, but absolutely show you exactly what Northern Monk are about. Um, this is very, very good. Good stuff. Excellent. Mm. That's what we like, Randy. Absolutely. Uh, Lucy, we'll come to the Morgan. Mm. Yeah, it has no head and it poured like that. Zero mm. head. Uh, Boy, it looks like wine almost from here. Yeah, it's it, it's very thin. Um, it, it isn't the you know thick, viscous kind of stout that you'd think think of, but um, it's got a very vinous kind of like aroma as well. A deal, so like red. It's got a very mm. deep red wineish kind of smell mm. to it as well. Bit nervous about this. It poured it poured probably a bit more oilier, but I know that a deal says it is very very thin. Poured with zero head, so it's like. You can tell it's probably a stronger beer, but yeah, it's got it's got a very very potent smell. Uh, as I say, red wine, but very rich chocolate. So I'm mm. fearing this might be a bit too rich for me, um, <laughs> especially because it's like being barrel aged as well. But oh, right, drink a barrel aged. The poles know what they're doing. It's it, it's got that sweetness to it, but it's not cloying. It's not thick. Mm-hmm. It's not like it's not it's not it's not um like that, got that very insipid like kind of sweetness where it's like I can only sit this once an hour, where it's like right. I've had my fill. It's 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 thin and it's got like that lightness to it, where it's like okay, it's not this. It doesn't have that overwhelming sweetness and the thickness to it, so it's like. Because that's what some stats are just like. I think we're talking about uh, on this week's uh, podcast the deal when you're saying some stats can be very overwhelming in terms of like they're very sweet and they're very thick and mm-hmm. it's a bit too much. Very rich. This has that richness, but I think the thinness of like the liquid as well and the fact that it it's just so tapered back as well in this strange way that. It's not overwhelming at all. You're getting 
I think I, th- I think that that richness from like the chocolate and uh, I I think that's paired back slightly by this kind of like almost cherry kind of uh, like sweetness to it. But yeah, as I said, when I poured this, I was very fearful because I was like, "Oh, this is the kind of stout." I was saying this is the kind of stat I don't like where it's very boozy, very rich. Mm. I prefer something that's got a bit more body to it, a bit you can have the ten point five percent, but you don't have to be so rich and as I was saying, a Munson do it perfectly. Mm-hmm. The uh I had a beer from Moes Slutel, I think that's how you say their name. Um which is called the Willy Tonka. That was thirteen point five percent. It didn't taste like that. And it poured a nice, like, you know, thick body, nice, decent, like, uh, two-finger head. And it's like, it looked like a very nice stout, and it tasted like that. It's, like, very comforting, not not too boozy, not too rich. So when I poured this, I was fearful. But it does a good job at pairing things back. It's not too sweet. It's not too rich. Mm-hmm. It's not too it's not too overwhelming. Um, so, yeah, this, it, it's a really good beer. I think my problem today is is that I've drank a stronger beer yeah. today, which I preferred the I preferred the mouthfeel, I preferred the body to the, mm. the really Tonka. Also like Tonka beans, so uh, you know, in my beers as well, <laughs> so that helps. But but yeah, th- this could have been like nightmare beer by mm. the way it poured and how thin it is and how strong it could be, but it's not. And good. It's still a very good stout. It it, it doesn't taste like ten point five percent. That's probably the best compliment I could give it. It didn't send me running for the hills, mm. but it's still a very good beer. It's still, it's still got a lot of depth. It's got those you know berry cherry notes. It's got you know nice bit of chocolate. It's very good. I'd love to see this age till twenty twenty four and see what it comes like. Comes out like it was probably immense. Nice, you know. Nice. If it's got this much depth of flavor now. Mm. In two, three years, be amazing. Yeah, but I don't have that kind of patience. Either <laughs> buy one and just hide it somewhere you'll no, never I, find. Someone it. else would have to hide it. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Without me knowing, just knock on next door. Like, could you just hold this for me for a couple of years, please? And, uh, yeah, relevant <laughs> of when I ask for it. Just, just don't give it to me until this date. Perfect. Yeah. Nice. Um, let's it's good. Jump... I wish it had more body, though. Good. Okay. Okay. Um, let's jump back into some games. Um, we will jump back in with our sixes. Um, we'll, we'll roll through a few games quite quickly, I think. Um, yeah. Uh, but uh, number six for me is Kina. Uh, a, a game yeah. I've spoken about on a couple of different episodes. Uh, just a really fun game. Mm-hmm. It, it's one of those that it, it does have a few limitations to it. It's a third-person kind of action game, and it plays. I don't think like a PS2 game. <laughs> I don't think it plays like a PS2 game. Lots of people have criticised it in terms of how it does, but it does. It, the, you know, the combat is a little bit clunky, but it's got. A really... I think they mean like the design a yes. bit more than it plays like because. Going back to PS2 games, those are rough. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean. It's, you know, the way that you kind of open up the world and you can unlock extra bits 
it works very very well it's super simple in what it's doing like it's a beautiful absolutely beautiful looking game and it it plays in a satisfying way so yeah mm-hmm. you you do feel that occasionally you're trying to sort of be like you know like like a ps2 game like you have to press all mm-hmm. of the buttons to get through the next sort of section because they all do something slightly different but that's only a, you know a little bit of the game a lot of it is really satisfying in kind of how it plays and it has a lovely lovely story to it and it looks beautiful like it, it 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 just sits above so many other products in terms of its quality from such a small team um that it, it kind yeah, of just hit yeah. with me really really well and i i think part of that and and Absolutely, part of that is because you're a, a, a girl going on a journey and very much call back to stuff that you're kind of like your dad had done and trying to kind of like walk in his footsteps and these sorts of things. And you get that kind of stuff. And I played it with Evelyn, sort of sat there watching me because it's got some like lovely, cutesy little, um, like spore esque kind of uh, little mm. creatures with it. And she enjoyed sort of watching those kinds of bits. So it, it hit at least with me on a little bit more of an emotional kind of level as well. So it just is, it sort of sits above it looks like a nice game. some of the other games that I've talked about in terms of it being an absolutely nice game, but just in terms of the mm-hmm. quality in the finish that, that comes I, through with that game. I'm very interested in what, if this is their like debut title, very interested in what they see. Absolutely. They do mm. next. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So much promise. You know, absolutely. I mean, if that's, I mean, it's a beautiful game, probably one of the most beautiful games that came out this year. If the only problem is like, oh, probably, you know, better design, you know, if it feels like a PS2 game where it's like, okay, it's very similar, you know, mission structure and it's like Mm -hmm. there's not too much diversity, that probably comes with like, you know, your first outing as a debut tile for an indie, you know, um, staple game. But if Sony puts some more money behind them and they can do you know, they learn from this. It's like, you know, sky's the limit. They could Absolutely. have, like, potentially Game of the Year 2025 in that case, yeah. you know. Very good you know, blueprint for them. So that's great. Yeah. And they won they won an award at the Game Awards. So oh, did they? Oh. I think it was Best Indie Game. Okay. <laughs> Which, you know, yeah, it's for, for, an, for an independent game to put out that kind of... It's not all about graphics, but, you know, to put out that kind of thing, it's like fair play to good stuff mm, absolutely um, I don't know where Adol's gone um, oh he's back potentially he went to the bridge of spirits he's gone he is he yeah. is just a spirit yeah. um, we'll see if he, <laughs> he suddenly appears yeah, again uh, but Lucy we'll come to you mm, for hey. uh, oh yeah he is he's hey. back. my internet just like well, died and then came That's back fair. Yeah. Fair. sorry yeah. Um, Lucy we'll come to you next for uh, behind the frame mm-hmm um I won't say too much because it's one of those where it's like you think it's it's not like Inscription where it's like it's this kind of game it's like purposely trying to be like uh, you know invert your expectations and be very meta but um, I played Before Your Eyes which we'll talk about later spoilers but um, I got out of what what Adil got out of Before Your Eyes, I got out of this game mm. where it was. I think Before Your Eyes, I went into that game knowing what it was going to be, mm-hmm. 
whereas behind the frame, I was not expecting that. It's it's a puzzle game where it's made by like a Chinese studio, but the art is very Japanese anime inspired. Yes. Yeah. And it's set in like this French town. It's got very French music, very you know French sensibilities. Very you know, it's like okay, parts of the game you're walking down a cobblestone in Nice, and it's like okay, this is very much drawing from two completely disparate cultures, um, but it just works so well. And you're basically doing this puzzle game. You're you're this woman painting in her room, and um. It's got these very, you know, simple, rudimentary puzzles. They're interesting enough. It's very cosy. You're basically, you know, in this French apartment and you're basically helping her paint, in, you know, painting this um, portrait and to to be shown, you know, try and, you know, gain some, you know, some, uh, I wouldn't say it's like, she, wants, she basically wants to have her own studio eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're basically trying to help her create the perfect picture and there's different puzzles around that but where it goes narratively it's like you know it's i cried at the end of it yeah, just, <laughs> it's just, like just oh, yeah and it's it, and it's like it, it it sort of does a similar thing to as i said i don't want to talk about completely yeah. about before your eyes but it's very much about how art can inspire and get people reminiscent and create mm. memories and stuff like that and I wasn't expecting it, whereas with Before Your Eyes, I went into it expecting it completely. <laughs> you know, it's actually called Before Your Eyes, and it's like, oh, it doesn't take a genius to know that it's like, I'm literally blinking about my life before my eyes, and it starts off in that way. Um, so, as I said to Adil before we started recording, Before Your Eyes will stick with me for a long time. Mm. And just from a mechanical point of view, I think it's... It's one of those indie games where it's like, yes, why has somebody not done this before? It's, you know, it, it's very affecting. But I think I got that out of Behind the Frame without knowing I'd get it from be- Behind the Frame, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. It was yeah. more of a surprise. And I don't want to say any more, but no, it's fine. I suggest it's... people play it. It's, 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 it's such an affecting yeah. story and ending. You don't, you don't think about it that way. If you're just going into it as a puzzle game, so yeah. Nice. I I actually you you've mentioned you've talked about it on the podcast before. Yeah, I did. Yeah, because I because I have it on my phone and I played the first oh. couple. It's very short. Yeah, it's like two hours. I think yeah, like I think I played maybe ten fifteen minutes, and yeah. I was like, oh, this is really cute. Uh, and I forget that I have games on my phone, to be honest. Like, <laughs> I didn't go back to it because I yeah. forgot it existed. And when you mentioned, I'm like, wait, hold on, mm. it is that game on my phone. Um, so it's a good reminder. Thanks, because uh, I, I, you, between the first time and now this time, you've speaking about it. I'm super curious, and to know that it's obviously you're being very cagey on, but to know that it the narrative is 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 sort of where the meat of the game is will will yeah. probably is enough to draw have, me back. I might have you know ruined that surprise for you, Lon, the audience, and I do apologize. Hmm. But I went in completely blind about it. I just thought it was a puzzle game. And yeah. maybe the revelations won't hit you in the same way, but it hit me. So yeah, you know. um, it's just got great art and music, anyway. So yeah, yeah. 
Oh, getting so hot in this hat. Sorry. Um, <laughs> let's blast through the next couple of games. You're allowed to take it off. <laughs> we're about halfway through the episode. And we're about halfway through our games. Um, let's jump in very quickly with our number fives. Um, there's only two of them because one featured higher. Um, but we're we'll coming to Adol. Adol with Teacup. I had a six. Yeah. Or... He swapped his cheeky little thingy. Ooh, he, swap he, he swapped his. Not allowed. Yeah. You're going to be tried in the Teacup was my six, so you either skip my six, but that's fine. Teacup. 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 It's great. It's a fun little. You're a frog putting a. You're a a hermit frog putting on a tea party. (laughs) That's all you need to know. It's it's like a point and click, simple puzzle game. Uh, This is one I have on the list because it was just so cute and so wholesome and so, like, straightforward. Like, this is a game, like, my, my niece and nephew are, never really played games before. They played Mario Kart for the first time. That was their first real video game when I was back home. And, like, this is a game I want to, like, give to them. Like, it reminds that's... me of, like, the Arthur point and clicks that I used to play as a kid. You know? Exactly. It was going to that... be on my honorable mentions, but I thought he might have it in his top. Yeah, and so, and that's so. why. It's like, <laughs> if, you, if you're into point and clicks, that's great. If you're into just simple, like, you just want to, like, casually play a game because you don't want to just watch something on youtube it's great if you have kids in your life i think they'd love it just because it's a very simple story but it's also it's got enough depth that like the characters are interesting she and, gets like, high the fact that, and like there's subtext right <coughs> they, they you're she, she gets... she's shy teacup but and apparently really shy but she's putting on a party and it's important and she's willing to go out she gets and high enough with two strangers though. She's not yeah. that shy. She's like <laughs> takes she like takes some uh, LSD. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say she's so shy. She goes into the woods, finds a tent, and then yeah. takes some drugs from the people <laughs> yeah, she finds. She ain't shy at all. Spoiler alert! <laughs> but yeah, so that's all I want to say is it's really wholesome. It's a point and click. It's great for younger. It's a very family friendly and great for younger um, mm-hmm. new gamers. Nice, good. Um, and Lucy, we're still with number fives uh, for you, which was something that was really high on your list when you played it, mm-hmm. Ender Lilies. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good uh, Metroidvania. And yeah, it was my top one for probably the first... I can't even remember when I played it, but at least, at least probably the first six months of the year. So it didn't come out that early. But mm-hmm. um, until until like the later, later months, yeah, it was really high because it's a very good point-and-click Adventure game, uh, no, very good. Metroidvania, see, Metroidvania. yeah, Metroidvania. You see, I'm going through my bingo card, and I got <laughs> two, two of them. It's either point and click or Metroidvania, so it's a very good Metroidvania. Um, uh, yeah, it's the arts. I enjoyed the art. It's not too anime. <laughs> um, I was gonna say it's pretty. Anime. It was, it's kind of anime, not too anime. Uh-huh. It's got this kind of like deep, moody, hollow night look. Um, I think really I'm just crying out for Hollow Knight and that game doesn't exist. Silksong doesn't exist and I'm just going to have to find substitutes for the rest of my life. But um, I, I played a, another uh, Metroidvania later on that year in October and I was just like, yeah... This is the better Metroidvania mm. than Ender Lilies because Ender Lilies, it, uh, the combat's really satisfying. Um, it's hard, apparently. I thought it was challenging but fair. It made me go back to Hollow Knight and think this is a breeze, so it must be kind of hard because mm-hmm. um, Ender Lilies kind of felt hard. Maybe I was just it wasn't in tuned in the as I am in Polonite, as I am in Endless, I don't know. But anyway, it's it's challenging. I think the combat system is really interesting. 
the kind of buffs that you can get from the these different kind of like spirits that you can um take on with your character it's like there's optional bosses around the world and if you defeat them you can sort of get their like kind of um familiars um mm. to fight for you and yeah i 100%ed it because it's like a the fast travel was really good and convenient it's like so i can go to anywhere on the map when i want to really but it was just it's a really satisfying combat wise like kind of traversal wise the traversal's great um the music's great the atmosphere's great it, it, it's it's it, it's one of the best point point click again metroidvanias <laughs> that have been made in the last couple of years like when you think of the cream of the crop like or in the Will of the Wisps, which is like one of my favorite games of all time. It's like mm. you know everything distilled that I like in a singular game. And then there's like a second tier of like these are really good. These are really good um, Ursatz versions of like a quintessential uh, Metroidvania game. And a little is one of those, and that's why it was like my top game like for ages mm-hmm. this year. It's yeah. fantastic. I mean, it's dropped down in the month since, but I recommend people play that game. Not just because it's like, oh, this is just a stand-in for Hollow Knight, as I said, but or or Metroid. But no, this is a really good Metroidvania game on its own merits. Good. And they've not only taken inspiration from the genre, but they've surpassed that and made mm. something of their own. And it's nice. really good. So, yeah. Good. Um, we will jump in then to our number four picks. For the year, uh, I will start with because we have three of them. I will start with Boyfriend Dungeon, mm. um, which is just a really good game. It's it's <laughs> it's made so well. It's again, it's another game which absolutely kind of wears its narrative on its sleeve almost. Um, and there's lots of different ways that you can play through this. It's one of those games that I don't want to play through again. Like I'm happy with what I have experienced from yeah. it. Right. Uh, is, it, you know, is that because of the story? Or? So yes, with with the story, like the characters that I kind of connected with, so it's kind of part, um, kind of like action dungeon crawler, part dating sim, and you date the weapons that you find, and I just not necessarily connected is a bit of a strong word, but I felt a pull towards certain mm. characters i suppose mm. based upon kind of the narrative and, and things like that so I, I i it's one of those where i'm like you could you could play through this game like 12 times and, and uncover everything about all the characters and max them out in terms of what they kind of provide to you in combat and things like that but I'm happy with what I experienced from it and it has this like time limit on it so you are a guy hanging out in this town for the summer, meeting various people, doing some stuff, going through these dungeons, using these weapons. And you do come to a final point in this. And I got to that point, I'm like, cool. I'm I'm happy with what I've experienced from it that I don't want to, and I don't need to go back. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's very much helped by being on Game Pass uh, and not having to shell out you know X amount for me to then think, oh, I paid a bit of money for it. I should go back to it and play through a little bit more or max out some of these kinds of characters. But it, it's just written really, really well. And it's got that graphing loop 
to it. You know, like something like Moonlight did a couple of years ago. That 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 loop in in terms of do the dungeon crawling, do the kind of the character building, dating sim sort of stuff. Go back to the dungeon crawling. That that loop is really easy to get into, and it's very very compelling to pull you through that game. So Boyfriend Dungeon, I think it's it's just again for such a small team is so well made. Nice, yeah. Uh, like the, it, it's like it's 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 my kind of like Paradise Killer of last year. Like, I mm-hmm, loved Paradise mm-hmm. Killer last year. Fantastic fucking game. This is this is on that same kind of mm. level for me. Yeah, yeah. And I I I wish I got into it more. Mm. That, that guy, that very fit Adonis, asked me on a date, and I was too so scared to go back to it. I was, like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I can't go on a date with you. I'm just gonna uninstall the game. But um. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm glad it hit that. Yeah. I think you'd like Going Under. I liked Going Under because mm. it had that dungeon crawling thing last year, but it was set inside a, you know, that kind of very cynical tech, <laughs> tech bro Silicon Valley yeah. look, rather than like, you know, we all love each other and it respect each other and creepos can get fucked. I like the very c- <laughs> cynical tech... <laughs> Yeah, you know Silicon Valley um, uh, tech road kind nice. of version of that. So yeah, good. yeah, good um, for them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, next, we'll come to you, adult, for Moonglow Bay. Yeah, I've talked a bunch about it mm. lately, so I'm not gonna say too much. Honestly, I know part of this is that I lived in Halifax, Nova Scotia, for a couple of years, <laughs> and. They they've captured the small town feel of a town of Eastern Canada really well. Uh, I re- I love the aesthetic, both like auditorily and visually. It's in the end of the day, like one of the things I learned about FF14, my number ten, was like, oh, actually, I really liked leveling the fishing class and like trying to go and find <laughs> go like all over the world and be a fisherman and like to try and catch the right things there but in that game because it's an MMO there's so many like it's like oh you, like you can only find like go here fish until you get these fish then you're done with that zone type of mentality and i found that like easy to tr- fall into and then like the magic of just being a fisherman game was lost and with moonglow bay i haven't looked into things uh but between the plot being an actual plot, there are boss fights that I didn't know about before. Like, there's more depth to the game. I realized the past couple of weeks than I gave it credit. Hmm. Um, you fight the Megalodon and uh, <laughs> Jason um, Statham. Momoa and Momoa because of Aquaman. That's what I was <laughs> yeah. Jason um, Statham, Momoa, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's the the like the cooking mechanics are fun-ish like i'm not really but like mm, i ma- thought those could be like when you told me like you only have to do one or two of them with each recipe mm. i was like thank god because i could have seen oh but see that see the more advanced recipes so this is one of the things about depth that i wanted to bring up about this game was uh the harder recipes are like seven steps oh boy um but <sighs> It turns out that after a certain number of times of making, of doing the recipe, you get one star, then two stars, then, like, of doing it three stars, i.e. not passing mm-hmm. all the mini, mini games. You get a star, and then you keep doing it, you get a second star. 
and you keep doing it in a third star. And actually, the gay the mini games get easier and quicker. Okay. The more proficient you get, so like the list is like these yeah. seven steps, and then if you if you like grind out that recipe, it's like. Surely she's got a Michelin star by now. Can just yeah. hire a sous chef. No, I mean I'm still. I mean I have three vending machines where I sell both raw fish and <laughs> meals. Ooh. I don't think I'd buy eight raw fish out. Of yeah, so one of the things I I purposely did was like if I'm gonna sell fish because sometimes like you catch a fish and it's like worth fifty quid. It's like it's not worth cooking with it. So I, I sell all my fish outside of the marine uh, outside of the marine biologist, like the aquarium, which I think is like a weird. Like this is either on point or really distasteful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the latter. It's like, oh yeah, look at look at that, look at that. Uh, oh, a ling! Boy, how cute is that in the tank? And you walk outside, like, oh, there's a vending machine with seventeen lings. You dead. But and and so I purposely sell my food in out of the vending machine in the middle of town mm. and my fish when i sell fish at the uh aquarium and but I, obviously it doesn't matter but it's like i realized that i cared enough about it um i, I you're starting to, to improve yeah. the I'm, I'm at a place in the game where i'm starting to improve the town a lot more and i find that mm. a little clunky because it's like this town is like beat up oh we want to make it better oh it turns out if the town's better, you'll get more people, so you'll sell your food quicker, and the prices might go up. Great, I like that. Like that's how the world works. That's yes, an interesting yeah. like it. motivation, but that means that you're just like, oh, the doctor's office is broken. Here, here's a hundred bucks. Fix your office. I'm just I, like no one else is trying to fix this town but me, and I'm literally yeah. just like it's that's the money saving. Yeah, but it's, like, it's crossing. It's the worst. You just yeah, have these but, uh, lazy villagers standing exactly. around. Exactly. Yeah, and it's like I get that you want to let me fish and sell fish, or fish and cook and sell the cooking because it's worth more money. If I like that part of the game, and there needs to be a money sink, right? Like that's how the economy needs to be designed. But I find it really frustrating when the the game is like, oh, for the plot, you need to get five hundred bucks to reinforce your hull. Oh, but also the town doctor. Well, if needs you didn't you to sell pay for his your office. fish out of a vending machine, maybe you'd get there quicker. Well, I think they, they don't, so. I think the design is a bit of a letdown because I think it's like, ah, oh, maybe like if I was like getting a cut, uh, like I, the first thing you said uh, fix is the bar. This is socialism. Can I? Capitalism. Can I just like? Can I just become a partner in the bar and get a passive income if I'm going to throw no. money at fixing the bar? It's just you something f- to make it a little more real world because mm. I like that you're like that's where. I, I get the mechanics. I, I'm fine with shortcutting. Isn't Canada but... like that in general? Yeah. You, you like no, <laughs> random old people whose partner died three years ago don't just go throwing money at random buildings in the town and then walk away. I thought Canada was a happy place, yes, and now you're lying. But like, to I me? really like the setting. Yeah. I like that you're an old. I like that you can be yeah, like I'm an MX nice. because I like I chose to have they them pronouns. I like that my partner could be whatever. I really like the aesthetic. I like the gameplay. Mm. It's just like I said, there's like some UI stuff and some like glitches that happened in earlier builds or whatever. But really, my like my my biggest complaint is that it's the they had, did such a good job at wrapping the rest of the game that the like just throw money at the town, 
feels really clunky because everything else feels really fluid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause, right? cause it, so I think it's like I it's a testament to the fact that it's well designed. Mm. That I'm not that I have the dissonance because she of, like, wants to like. I remember in the start of the game, she wants to boost the economy, not just be the sole fisher woman or man, or you know. Yeah, and, Bring more people, and there are other fisher people like, now. At my point in yeah, the game, it seems like okay, I've started selling fish, bringing people to the place. Y'all should do something, mm. you know? Y'all should start selling your cupcakes or something. Yeah, like... Fuel the economy in the country. She should be the master chef. Like, the yeah. only person yeah. doing the job, right? Like, yeah. that's the problem. That's what... Because, yeah, narratively, from the start of the game, it seemed like that's, that was the whole yeah. point. So, but yeah, so. it, it, it kind of brings me very nicely onto the, the next game, which both Lucy and you and I had on our lists, um, which is Unpacking. Which for mm-hmm. me mm. has absolutely no problems. It is it is almost it's a perfect game. A perfect game. Moving on, what's your number? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's, that's I, that's I a, also that's think it's fours, great. Number four, yeah, and adult as you you had a little bit of time with it as well as an honourable mention. Uh, unpacking is is fantastic in terms of it being very simple in its gameplay, but conveying so much. Like, I, uh, that's just, why but, I think it's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah it, it is brilliant. Yeah. This is this is a fantastic fucking game. Yeah, because it's one of those where it's like, yes, you get to know the the person without seeing her face. You know, it's a it's a woman without seeing her face. You can build that kind of like story and her you know journey and her life in your in your own head just by the things that she owns. And it's like it makes you wistful and self reflective mm. in a way that. A lot of indie games do, but a lot <laughs> few do with so many, with with so few many like things that they actually overtly say, yep. and so many f- few, Can so few. One of you, just and... quickly, if the lister hasn't isn't familiar, just like explain what. Uh, yes, you are unpacking boxes. It's kind of a point and click game. You click on a box, and an item will pop out, and you have to put it somewhere in the environment. And it might be a cuddly toy, which you can put on the bed or wherever you like. It might be a book. Uh, but you roll through rooms, uh, you know, within this, this woman's life. Uh, and, and every stage is a different time in her life. But you roll through rooms and things kind of have their place. You don't always have to perfectly put things in places, but things have to kind of have somewhere to be. So, and they have to be in the right room, and sometimes they, some yes. things aren't in the right room, which I really appreciate because it's Absolutely. just like when you're packing. This is like the just a great example of the detail of the game. Like when you're packing, if you think about it, it's like ah, oh, shit. Like we can fit another thing in this box. Oh, get that thing from the kitchen because even though this is a living <laughs> yeah. room box, it'll fit. All the like, late thing. and you like I haven't brushed yeah. my teeth yet. Oh shit, we've packed everything. Quick, brush my teeth and put it in whatever box I have available. Yeah, yeah. And that's where the toothbrush kind of is. It, it, it sort of has this lovely real life quality to it. Yeah, and it, it makes me wonder. This is one of the games that I was just thinking about, like uh, gener- different generations of people playing games. <laughs> I saw a Twitter thread where it was like people were mistaking the GameCube, what is, you know, their non, um, you know, copyright kind of GameCube in the game is. People were mistaking that for like a toaster or something. <laughs> oh, And I wow. was just like, uh, uh, someone was like on a Twitter thread, you, you, do you think you feel old? Well, look, some people are like, where does this GameCube go? It doesn't go in the kitchen. And it's just like, damn. 
But I'm just thinking that is very much a okay. You were born somewhere between 1995 and you know, uh, not 1995, but like you started moving out, moving to different properties between somewhere between 1995 and onwards. So it's like, yeah, you know, does someone who's like born in 2000 connect with that? I think yes, because it's like it's just that sense of like growing up, moving to a new space, mm. becoming yeah. your own person, got your own things and stuff like that. I think it does track, but I think it probably wouldn't rank as high if you weren't born in, you know, somewhere between, like, you know, 1980 to... Yeah, I mean, maybe. to be honest, like, so what I, what I like about the game is is the fact that, like, it's kind of pixelated, but you get the feeling for what these items are, and that's where yeah, things kind of fall design. apart. Mm-hmm. There's only There's one moment in the right. game, like I've played five moves or something like that. Um, I almost finished them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and I've really liked it, um, especially like the like unsaid reasons for moving, but mm. yes, right, he's are, an asshole. Are, are really great, <laughs> but like. Well, and the only time I got kind of flummoxed was when um, there was a thing that looked kind of like a CD player, and I put it on a shelf and it didn't work, but I couldn't figure out how to put it under the TV with with the Wii or something, and it just kept like, – I couldn't figure out, and I, it was the only time I was like, I don't know if this is a CD player. And then I just like tried the same thing, and like I ended up putting the Wii behind it, and it the, both the things under the TV, but the Wii was like functionally inaccessible, but the game was like, you've done it. You finished the level. I'm like mm. – it's the only game. moment where I was just like, ah, because I, one of the reasons why I didn't finish the game was I was like, oh, I've, I felt the pressure of, oh, I'm really liking this. I kind of want to go far so I can talk to you lot tonight about it. And then I was like, no, I'm going to not commit. I'm going to commit to taking my time because like, if you look in my sock drawer, I make them into <laughs> balls and I've got my stripy ones and my non-regular pattern ones and whatever. Game and so like, yeah, yeah, but like I, I get, I got to do that with, with every time I move this person. I made this person neurotic because every time they move, their drawers are la- la- labeled. And I got an achievement for fixing the boyfriend's shitty sock drawer. Oh, <laughs> wow. nice, nice. Because I, like, it was well, no. it was one of those things. Where it was like I wanted more space, and he had like socks and two drawers. So I just like did his stuff as well. And they're like. Well and I was like, oh, that's well really done. fucking clever. That's really Thanks. good, isn't it? Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> again, I like that it kind of allows you that level of control. And, you know, there's some pretty kind of very pixelated, um, but very true to form kind of, uh, you know, um, GameCube game covers or Blu-ray covers and stuff. <laughs> but it's not a game which is like asking you to be that in detail, be like, Put all of these in alphabetical order as well. It's just like, and, and, and you don't even have to put all of the GameCube games or the Wii games or the together. DVD games together. You can kind of yeah, just put yeah. whatever you want. I am on those like that in real life. I have that, you know, neurotic behavior. I mean, I've got a whole. There's like a thousand DVDs behind there, all in alphabetical order. So I get that. But in a video game, I've got no time for those. Like, uh, well, in, that's I think the brilliance of the game is that like. There are things that wants on shelves in a room, mm. and that's what it'll say. Nah, you're not done yet. But like, yeah, if you want to some... take your time, you can make so. the apartment like. But... So like, when mm. there was things that were clearly Blu-rays, 
and they were spread across boxes. And I, I was just in the role of like, oh, it's a thing that looks like a book. Put it on a shelf. And I was just packing the shelves. Mm. And I was like, oh, wait. No, these are all clearly Blu-rays. Hold on. Let me move these over to this shelf. And then I started organizing. And then I was like, ah. Oh, you got me, game. I'm no the longer thing- gaming. I'm pretending like I'm living here. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the thing yeah. is that I'll forgive those little nitpicky things for the points where it's like, with like one of those photos where it's like, and her diploma where it's like, no, you ah. can't put that here. And it yeah. fills into the narrative. So I'll, I'll forgive those, those times where it's like, it's not part of the narrative. You have to. It's very nitpicky. I'll forgive that for the point where it actually does it for yeah. the kind of narrative. So, mm. yeah. nice. Ben said it's a perfect. I, I also Ben <laughs> tried to put the diploma above the loo. Yeah. We all did. We all did. That's I was like, I'm sure Ben said this wouldn't work, but fuck it, I'm putting this here. <laughs> That's where it belongs. That's where all of our players belong. But the sound design in that game, like. There's, there was also a Twitter friend. It's like how, like different like objects. How many? Yeah. How many different sounds? It is like a, a can of spray. Sounds mm. different when you put it on top of the toilet, yeah. when you put it on top of a bed, on top of like spongy carpet. It's just yeah, so good. Nice, Fantastic nice. Game. So uh, we have hit into our third hour. Um, I I don't know about the two of you. Uh, I saw Lucy sort of supping at her second beer still. I've got a lot left, um, but I'm fine to move on. I mean, yeah, I'll good. Get my so beer. let's let's launch then into uh, our third beers very swiftly before we get into our top three games for this year. Adol, first, um, please. What is what is the third beer that you are opening? Uh, it is a um, nostalgia five percent. Uh, 22 IBU Nostalgia's Coffee Porter. A smooth, dark porter aged on hand-selected specialty coffee beans. Six different malts. Munich Pale Ale, Oat Flakes, Chocolate, Cara 120, Special B. The three classic hops are Chinook, Mount Hood, and Cascade. And it is... Um, uh, b- b- nostalgia, where are they from? Uh, they are in... Belgium. Nice. So staying, staying would... European for the episode. Yeah. Um, I mean, again, these were just like interesting beers I got that yeah. like, yeah. And so, so it's a 5%, it's a three throw, 30 mil can. Um, so it's, a, it's actually, ironically, the porter is like the, the, the weakest of, mm. it's like the throttling down of the evening. But, um, yeah. Nice. Um, I'm going to come back to Risky for this beer. And drink one of the new Bristol breweries, uh, stouts they put out over the last couple of, uh, I suppose weeks. Uh, they seem to, uh, have put out about seven or eight different stouts over the yeah, last it's, couple it's of weeks. Almost uh, mad. This is the Espresso Martini Cinder Toffee Stout. Ooh. It is a 7% coffee and honeycomb stout. There's Their honeycomb stouts are great. Yeah, absolutely they are. Um, there's not a huge amount of text on it. It's a beer. That's what it tells me. <laughs> there's lactose in it. That's what I can see from a quick scan on the side of the can. Uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, it's going it, it, to... Let's see what it gives me. Coffee and honeycomb stout. Uh, Lucy. Nice. Yeah. We'll come to you then for the third beer. I got a big bowl. Oh, it's a big bowl. It's a big bowl, and it's too old. We haven't had in ages. Ah, nice. And it's Natur, N-A-T-U-R. So, 
Presumably. It's going to be a uh, spontaneous fermentation, I mm-hmm. imagine. Um, it's called Through the Eyes of Mortals. It's a barrel-aged wild ale. Yeah. Nice. Um, bit of flavour text. It says, A collaborative recipe made with, a, with the amazing crew from Casey Brewing and blending in Colorado, USA. Mm. Fermented with a combination of their yeast and bacteria strains and as fermented in stainless steel and dry hopped with cashmere before resting in Chardonnay ba- barrels for 15 months. Wow. Uh, what's the... Again, best before 2024. 6.5% this is. Uh, mm. Yeah, and it's a big 750ml Well, not champagne bottle. Yeah. I've got the, you know... Uh, but a good size to finish the corking cage, but out. you know. Yeah. Uh, Adam. Adam, we'll come back to you for yep. four. Nost- nostalgia. Nostalgia, yeah. Uh, nostalgia's coffee porter. Um, quite a thick, creamy head. It poured um, two and a half fingers, and we still have two fingers kind of left. If you could, you can see if you're on the video that it's like slowly fading, but like that head is just wants to be there. Mm. Um, it's got a lovely, um, to be honest, it's got a lovely sweet aroma that like makes me think, like would make you think it's a a richer porter than it is. Um, nice, uh, so like slightly sweet, light malts. Um, think um, some oat and some coffee mm-hmm. on the nose, just light coffee. Mm. I'm actually quite happy with how um, carbonated it is. I think it's it made everything hit my mouth a, a bit bigger, especially given that it's a five percent porter. Yeah, I think that like that they've it's a good trade off of making it a little more carbonated than you would normally think a porter would be, just because it's giving me those hits. Um, and it's also I think the oats that I think it was oat flakes was one of the many malts you can feel that with the creaminess that comes from putting oats in, in a beer. Um, so it just feels a little thicker, a little more viscous, um, which is what you want out of, you know, a, a porter. Mm. It's still quite thin. So like you could, you could easily take bigger boisterous sips, even though the carbonation is helping to hold back from chugging it or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, Mm, that finish is starting to kick in. It's slightly metallic, uh, but mostly I'm getting, uh, like I said, it's very malt forward, not surprisingly, but I'm getting um, oat. I'm getting slightly burnt. Uh, I was thinking that this might have more coffee-ish notes, but actually it's more like lightly roasted over there like you're just getting Hmm. kind of like if you were at a campsite and someone two spots over had a raging fire like you're getting just this hint of acrid burnt Hmm. but it's just it's not right in front of you in your face yeah yeah nice really pleasant there's a sweetness that underlies everything um 
my brain said ruby, and I don't know what that means, ruby sweetness. <laughs> I think it's actually, because it's, yeah, it's, it's a slight, yeah. it's a red, it's like I a red taste, fruit uh, sweetness. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah so yeah. there's this like slight red yeah. sort of berry fruit fruitiness. Berry, yeah. And I think that's that berryness think is coming <laughs> from the, like the more coffee, chocolatey parts of the malts. Mm-hmm. That's how I felt characters. with like, yeah, this, um, this malt garden, yeah, for mm. sure. That kind of di- deep, rich, chocolatey-ness that sort of leaks over into red berry, yeah. So what yeah, mm. yeah, it's really, really tasty. Um, nice. I am really curious to how it will end because it. I just came off of a seven point five percent dipper. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to let my palate acclimatize to this one before. Yeah, I... for sure. Nice, good. Um. We'll come on to this, the stout that I've got then. Um, and it's, uh, this, this, the smell, I haven't tasted it yet, but the smell is fucking divine. It, it, it's, it kind of hits, if you've ever opened up a toffee yogurt, so that little bit of lactose, that little bit of sort of uh, yeah, vanilla yeah. hint, but a little bit of toffee to it, it's got that as a, as kind of like initial thing. But when you, when you really put your nose in, you really take those flavors in. You're getting that honey. That's what that kind of like that sweetness is. You're getting that coffee as well, which adds to that little bit of sort of sweetness, but gives you those lovely kind of deep roasted notes as well. And it's uh, the nose is so good. But again, it's, as you would kind of expect from a from a stout, a little bit of a brown head to it, not a huge amount. I love that glass. Is that from beer four? Yeah, it's, a, it's a, their last oh, year's it's their glass. last year's Christmas um, <laughs> advent calendar glass. Yeah, that's um, nice. Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> Little marshmallow boys running around. Mm. Gingerbread, yeah. gingerbread man. Cool. That's a big. That's a big <laughs> flavor. Jeez, that's a lot bigger than I was expecting. Yeah. So it's very similar to the nose, but bigger and pillowy. So it feels very soft. I like pillowy beers. Like a pillowy beer, but there's a lot. There's a lot going on. Like it's really soft, but it's very, very big. And you're getting a lot of those initial kind of roasted coffee notes. So that that that, you know, it says espresso martini. Yes, you get that Mm. big kind of like coffee hit straight off. But then those slightly sweeter notes come in afterwards. So you're getting a little bit more of the honeycomb that comes in. Yes, it's it's one of their like cinder toffee stouts. You're getting that kind of like burnt sweetness from it as well. So they come in just that little bit afterwards. But the the the, the, the big presiding flavor is coffee. Uh, and, mm. and it's really, really nice. Like this is it's 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 lovely in its flavour, but I can already tell in only having a couple of sips that this is a sip like a sipping beer. It, yeah. it, it's one of those that I don't want to take huge swigs of, mm. and I want to sit here and kind of be yeah. like, mm, yes, this is a lovely flavour. I don't need a huge amount more of this. Before I, yeah. t- you know, let it fade as much as it's going to, because that, that's those, how I feel those... about this uh, mm. this stout, this the, the malt garden, because it's like 
probably drinking it quicker now for the sake of yes. oh, I'm about to drink another bin next, but you could literally have this sit, especially when it warms up and the temperature just gets better, you know, mm. and the beer comes comes into its own. Two hours, if, if, you, yeah. if you're brave. Huh. Yeah. And I, I, I think I probably hit this at about the right temperature. It's probably about sort of eight mm-hmm. degrees, something like that. Um, so it's mm. a little cool. It's maybe maybe a little bit hot. Maybe like sort of eight between eight and ten, something like that. But it just allows that coffee to kind of linger, and those nice sort of slightly sweeter notes to 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 sort of fold in really easily. And they're the things that sort of sit and linger nicely. Yeah, nice. So, yeah. Uh, and finally, for our beers this evening, Lucy, the two old. I know you've been mm-hmm. supping the malt garden, but we'll we'll, yeah. we'll push you. Push you into the two old. Yeah, it's fine. I've had a little bit of water to clean my palate, but just wanted to add, because there's a little bit of other flavour text on it. Mm. Um, it says, Tall Nature is contemporary mixed culture saison and wild ales. Open fermented and aged in oak, re-fermented in the bottle using raw honey and local hives. So, nice. There's two sets of flavour text on it, so that confused me. But, <laughs> um... Smells like a saison. <laughs> oh, you know, it smells like a saison. But um, so it's got it's got a bit of tartness to the to the aroma. Um, well, let me put this big ass bottle yeah. over here. That's better. Um, but yeah, lovely color. Mm. It's got an orangey. Yeah, it's lovely orange. Yeah, yeah. It probably looks like that. Yeah, just probably a bit thicker, more opaque in the camera, mm. but than it is in real life. But yeah, it's got it's got that orangey smell as well, like orange. Probably the probably the pith and the peel to mm. it. Maybe a bit of zest, but yeah, definitely orangey in the aroma, but um, very fresh, very slight bit of tartness in the aroma. Ooh. It's definitely uh this one that doesn't show itself in the initial taste, but let me go for another sip. Yeah, it doesn't carry over that like kind of tartness mm-hmm. to the uh taste, but it's got a lot of fruit in it, it's got a lot of orange. Got a lot of orange in the flavour, mm. more than I was expecting. Nice bit of sourness, but not too much. It, it, I'd, I'd say it's probably more tarty in the aroma than it is in the flavour, and even that was quite subdued. Mm-hmm. So it's an interesting one because when I think saison, I don't, I don't automatically go to orange as a flavour. Mm-hmm. Orange as a it's it, mm. it's very much not that kind of juice that you get in like a double IPA or something, or just an IPA. That kind of like juicy orange. It's more like pithy, zesty, you know, peel rather than just the juice. But I'm gonna have to sit on this one and okay. ruminate on this because yeah. it's very orangey at the moment. I don't know if that's because my palate is a bit off balance from the very opposite kind of beer to the stout, but I'm going to sit on this one. It's nice. Don't get me wrong, but 
just not what I'm expecting from a Saison at yeah. the moment. Just very mm. orangey. Sorry. Um, we can bash through our top threes yeah. and yeah, come, back, come, to, back, to uh, come yeah. back to the beer at the end of the episode. As we were with all of the beers that we have drank uh, during this episode. But we're going to go into our top threes of 2021. Uh, we've not quite got nine games. Um, there's there's eight, so there's a little bit of crossover. But not as much as we would have thought. But no, maybe not so much. But uh, I, I I will launch in very quickly to talk about Sable. Um, I love yeah, Sable. Yeah, because you were holding it, yeah. Yep. So I'm, I'm very curious. What, yeah. I, I mean, again, we haven't got too much time to linger on too many games, but Sable is... A fantastic game. Uh, it's it's written so so well. Like it's kind of this coming of age open world exploration sort of game where it allows you to sort of take things at your own pace. It presents stuff in kind of like here is a quest to do, here's a quest to do, here's a quest to do from this you know area that you're in, and you can kind of go and do what you want, and you don't need to do all of it. You don't need to do any of it realistically. Um, as as Sable, you're traveling around the world on Samoon, who is a like a hover bike, and you have to work out your place in the world, and you do so by doing kind of quests for different people. So if you do quests for merchants, they will give you a merchant's token, and three tokens will give you that mask. So at the end of the mm. game, you could just do three merchants' quests, get the merchant's mask, and go to the end of the game and be like, I want to be a merchant, please. And the game goes, cool, I'm glad you've had this experience. You're, you're like, uh, Sable is now going to go on to be a merchant. Cool. And, and like, it's very open-ended in that sort of sense. Like, you can do as much or as little as you sort of want with this. Mm-hmm. But the world is lovely and it's very compelling in terms of its kind of openness in in, in how you can kind of approach things. And yeah. May I ask a question? Mm. I. The last thing I want to do is uh, yuck somebody's yum, especially on uh, Game of the Year thing. But mm-hmm. Because I haven't heard you talk about it until now. Yep. I'm just asking, like, some people have said it's, like, quite wide, but quite shallow. Do you find... I mean, obviously, it's in your top four. Like, so, like, that, a, yeah, completely. But but a little. Yes, a little. Mm-hmm. But okay. I, I think that it's not one of those games where you're like, I need a merchant's badge or I need a soldier's badge. I'm doing the same thing that I did for that soldier's badge. Like, it, mm. it, it has these very encapsulated little stories that it tells with each of these quests that you kind of do. And nothing... Some of it's a little bit kind of rote in like fetch quests or this kind of, you know, go here and do this kinds of thing and then come back to me and I will give you the, the, the badge. But everything tells quite a unique little story okay. that I was interested enough in the world. I'm like, it doesn't matter that it's asked me to go and get three beetle shits. Uh, the, the person who wants these absolutely loves eating beetle shits, and that's a fucking weird <laughs> thing in itself. So I, I just want to get them to see, yeah, to see what the, that person says. And you get back, and they're like, "Thanks for getting these beetle shits. I love eating them." And you're like, "Cool, okay, all right." And it, it, it's something in that sort of sense that it's sort of yes, there can be a little bit of a fetch questy sort of nature to it. Enough of those missions are deviate from that. Mm-hmm. That you, that I felt the way that I approached 
everything. And it wasn't sort of like, oh, I need to do this now, I need to do this now. It was just like, I'll just go and do that because it's close. Yeah. Uh, uh, that everything was different enough that I never felt okay. that any of it was rote, uh, yeah. uh, that I was repeating mm. myself too much. Uh, lots of it adds to the exposition of the world. And it's very interesting as well in terms of kind of how this world has evolved and what's kind of going on. Um, it's incredibly buggy, like horribly in some sort of senses, mm-hmm. like the way that the, the, the hover bike moves across the world, but it can be forgiven a lot of the time because it's not like game breaking. It's just like whoop, a bit wobbly mm-hmm. occasionally. Um, yeah, I, I wanted to, I, I installed it, but it was a, the frame where it was really bad when it came out mm-hmm. on Xbox, but they patched it since. And yep. I've got a better Xbox now, which shouldn't yes. be the excuse, but it's like, yeah, I hope to get get to it. So maybe when I play it, it's one that we can t- talk more about. Yeah, absolutely. I'm very intrigued. Yeah, yeah. me too. It, look, yeah. it looks beautiful. <laughs> and it is beautiful. The, the, yeah. the, art, the art style is, is something I've never seen before. Mm. as well yeah. the, the art star was and, and when the demo came out earlier in the year i played it a couple of times i like this is it's just just the demo feels really good and and in the game that comes across as well like the, the movement just feels fantastic it, and, and movement is a big part of the game so mm. for them to have nailed that really goes a long way to it um uh, we'll move on to adults game which potentially in manifold garden probably holds a lot in terms of its movement uh yeah uh what a great fucking game uh <laughs> it's it's maybe four or five hours i don't know it might be closer to six uh i played it on stream uh and then mm. there's two things one it's it's like a first person puzzler where you affect gravity and the whole point is like the world wraps around itself and it's very like all the like the puzzles have like often have to do with like thinking like the first mechanic you learn is basically changing where which plane like think of a room what if you could right click and make the ground a different one of the six planes that are in a cube mm-hmm. right basically uh, and there's a few other things but mostly it's that mechanic and then the fact that the world repeats itself so like mm-hmm. if you jump off of a thing you will land on the top of it because the world wraps around itself ad infinitum, uh, Mm -hmm. things like that. It's just, but it was just so well done. Um, it's, it conveys like, there's no narrative per se, but you have this notion of progression because of the level design is really good. There is every, like at the end of like levels, quote unquote, you get this like really crazy fractal design and like some, I don't remember what the spiel was. It wasn't like, that's not why you play this game, but it's really beautiful. It's got this like kind of, um, ink lines making everything pop Mm. a bit. Like it's, it's, it's the aesthetic. It's very, very pagoda kind of like shrine kind of. Yeah. But, but it's like, but like, yeah, the, but the art style has mm. sort of thicker lines on the borders. Yeah. It just gives it a little more of a, of an aesthetic rather than just, it's yeah. not like, it's not like someone was like, Oh, what if we just did what the guys who made matrix two and three did, which was like, oh, everything CGI. And it's just trying to be like, it's very like, um, purposeful and beautiful. And yeah. like, there's different yeah. colors that mean different things. Mm. It's just really great. And what, Honestly, one one of the reasons why it's this high is the fact that I 
Yeah. Hmm? You played it with your friend. Yeah, I played it with my friend. My friend Dem, <laughs> like, I ended up playing it on Discord. Uh, I was just like, ah, I, like, I want to show you this game. And then he was like, ah, cool. And I got, like, and I restarted it. And I got to the point where the stream ended, where I think Ben was with me on stream mm-hmm. on that one. Um, and, and so it kind of like screaming through, but then I got to the point where we were doing new stuff and we, like, we spent like, um, like probably five hours straight. Like we just mainlined the entire game. And when my brain was failing, he'd be like, Oh, what about this? And I would just could be the automaton. And then afterwards he was like, man, I'm so fried. And I was just trying to keep up with you. Cause you just seemed to, like, he thought that I was just like. I'm going, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he was like, oh, I got to go. But he was just like, like there was a couple of spots where it's like, if I was by myself, I would have paused. But because I was playing with a friend yeah. and it- I love that. Yeah, yeah mm. but it's what's great is like, yes, it, there's some mechanically difficult moments, but the game isn't about like being great at those things. Like, yes, you might have to try several times or a lot to do this really crazy thing. Uh, the physics is reasonably forgiving, but it's very tight. If that makes sense, yeah. yeah. It, it's, um, it's, 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 a, it's a game that I followed the development of for for ages, mm. and when I came to play it, it's like it's it's a bit much for my motion sickness. But it's just like I'm uh, so yeah, glad someone. I'm so glad you found love in it, and and when I when I saw any of this, I was like, yeah, he played it with his mate, and she's like, that's how I was with like the first Portal. Like I played yeah. that at a friend's house. And we were like, you know, just blown away by that game. Just like it, the, the the infinite kind of like possibilities in that sense. It's just like, yeah, mm. it reminded me of that. So nice. yeah. I'm so glad yeah. you had that kind of experience um, with a game that I wanted to do so well and had, yeah. had, has found it. We'll, we'll, so. we'll move quickly on to yeah. a game that both you had on on your list, a game I haven't played called The Forgotten City. Which I think yeah, uh, every, girl, every the... other game that we have, <laughs> every other game on this list we've talked about on the podcast. I think this is the only we game we have haven't not, talked yeah. in you know in depth about. I played it this week. Mm. I deal you sneaky, sneaky son <laughs> of a gun. Well, so Lucy was like, it? "I I want you to play this game," yeah. and then and then after we recorded this week, I was going through games, and I had already pre-downloaded it on Game Pass because it's on Game Pass, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh, Lucy really wanted me to play that game." I bet, she, and like she said, really good things, and I've heard good no, things from other like, people. Like, you're either gonna hate it or love it. That's what yeah. I said. And yeah. then I was like, I "Fuck know, it, I'll just start it," and then I. I've I have done all four endings. I haven't done all the Chivos, but I've I've, I've beat that game. It's great. Yay! Um, it, Philosophy <laughs> Major loves it. I'm not wrong <laughs> to like it. Yay! Okay, moving on. Uh, number two. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, for those of you who don't know, you basically play as a person who wakes up, uh, and. This lady named Karen's like, ah, oh, can you help me out? Like, I'll help you out, but can you help me out? Because my friend's gone into those ruins, and I, t- I promised him I'd stay here. Can you go fetch him? Because I've been waiting for a long time. And you go in, and then you fall into a portal and wake up, essentially in ancient Rome? Question mark? It's ancient Rome. Yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, Ben's uh, gone. We can talk about it all. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and you wake up in ancient Rome, and then you realize that you are in a time loop in a weird city where um, nobody can escape. And yeah, there's no escape, loop. and it, everyone everyone is bound by the golden rule, which is essentially 
if you come don't do bad things otherwise everyone will die yeah because you you walk around this town and there's golden statues and that's basically the the siren the calling point it's like if you sin you'll become one of these statues and like well these statues will wake up and fucking shoot you (laughs) yeah yes when you first sin it's like yes they will do that but it's like they're there as a even before you sin or somebody else's sins in the game it's like that those are the you know sirens it's like don't do bad things and i just love how it 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 inverts expectations on like what it, it sort of like comes out of the game when you're talking like meta when you're talking about inscription yeah. that we'll talk about later on but it's like that brings it on you the player where you're thinking what can i do where i don't sin because it's like this is based on a skyrim mod yeah so this like, is the crazy thing it, yeah. yeah if you're thinking like i'm in skyrim usually you're like you know up and downing teabagging somebody else I mean, yeah, this cut scene that's plays. how I beat the game. And yeah, and you're like slashing your sword against this person, yeah. this NPC, as they talk. And you're just like, hold on. If I do that, I might break the Brolden rule. And yeah. it's just like, it kind of plays into mechanics and what you morality. think of what is a game. Not yeah. even your own morality. No, but the game. Because I'm just like, the game's kind of like, you know, what is a game? What is a video game? What counts as sinning in my morality, but also in the game's morality system and And, and because you are playing as a character who's new to this and is figuring it out, it clearly, like, it's so well written. It clearly, like, makes so, you think, what does it mean to sin in general in the world? But mm-hmm. also, what does it mean for me to be annoyed that the game's rule, like, the game mechanic's going to fuck me on this? Mm. Right? And the thing is, the game's mechanic's saying, yeah. fucking me on this is the same headspace as all the characters of like, we don't know what sins are or whatever. It's just, it marries the narrative moment of what would it be like to be here? And the gameplay one as a gamer, like it's so intelligently done. Yes. Uh, I really, really liked it. Yeah. That coder in terms of like, I'm a human. What is morality to me? And what is morality in a video game? It could be anything. And, and, and but also like, there's a, there's like a really big thing of like, this works especially well if you've ever played games which try and introduce ethics or morality because it's always so stupid and hackneyed and hackable. Yeah. And this isn't nearly that. Nice. Um, also, it's 2021. It's a time loop game. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, but like once I realized it was a time loop game and um, I started... So when I first was like going, because I didn't really, you know, it's like, well, what's going on? I, you know, you, you fuck up time loop whatever or like something happens that tr- someone sins because what's great is it's basically there's like 23 people in the game and it's just a small condensed on, in a day and really you're trying to solve all the problems of the day for your own benefit but also everyone else's but certain things certain events if you don't interfere with will someone will sin and so you'll just be like wandering around talking to someone and suddenly Everything goes gray, and it's like ah, oh, this the the, the sin of the one, the many yeah, yeah. Die. <laughs> uh, and it, but again, it, look, it's clearly based on a Skyrim mod. They've they like they they have it on Unreal, or I think Unreal is what they used yeah, they, it on they, the they, remake. They, yeah, they use it. Yeah, but like it's it, like All voice acting is good. The voice acting is good. The facial I animations think the voice is not really good. Yeah, uh, 
I think I think I watched the no clip documentary. Mm. I mean, I love I love anything made in a Skyrim because I like that game, yeah. and it's like something like um, uh, what was that painting game that came out a few 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 years ago or whatever it is that kind of looked like it was a Skyrim mod. I love hokey things like that look like that that it was made out of the Skyrim mod because I love Skyrim for some odd unknown reason. But it's, I, if you watch that documentary, there's a no clip documentary. I think I'll I'll take access to it because I'm a Patreon member, but it's coming out soon. Mm. It's a really good indie story anyway. Mm. Oh, yeah. But they talk about the facial animation and how it's a miracle how they got to something even that looks not great. Well, the thing is, (laughs) the game is about the writing. It's about the mystique Mm -hmm. of the world. And, like, I don't want to spoil how what's going on, but, like, there are there's a depth to... the, The writing's so good. There's a depth to... The, the we're looking at snapshot of history of like a fire in Rome, like 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 two, you know, a specific moment of Romans where most people are like, except for you, everyone's from that moment. And there's like details, historical details, and like socio political stuff because not everyone's Roman. There's like a Greek and an Egyptian and other stuff, and it's just very smartly done, and it's very interesting, and like. You learn more and more, and you're like, you could just go down this path of like, oh, wait, so uh, what are none of this matters for the loops. It's just interesting, yeah. but mm. also, I want to know, and I don't want to spoil anything, but I'll just say, like, if you like, like, deep narrative for its own sake, um, this is great. If you like time loop mechanics and like trying to figure out the puzzle of like, because literally, you're reliving it. It's Groundhog Day, essentially. You relive the same day. I'm going to spoil one of the endings because I think it, it it explains how the game works. There's four endings, and when you pass one, it tells you which one you've done, and that like the fourth one's the one you want. Um, and the uh, when you start one? to talk to the guy who helps make sure the oh, loop okay. happens, yeah. um, he says, "Look, no matter what happens." All like will always repeat the day unless the only way you're out of this is if you figure out how to solve the problem of the time paradox. Because so long as I can get to the temple, if things go wrong, I'll just do this. I'll I'll, I'll say my thing, and then you'll you open the portal and you can loop. It will happen again. Yeah, yeah. So uh, my asshole gamer mind was like, ah, but if the sin is me killing your ass, what happens? And yeah, so, like, on day three, I fucking... Mur- I, I, I get to the point where I can kill this guy, and then I get to an ending, and I don't know anything else that's going on, because I'm just like, ah, fuck it, what up? Because everything else in this game is like, well, it doesn't matter. Like, you can be rude to people because there's a loop. But actually, there's no reason to be rude to people because the only way to get information out of them this is, is where to be i nice was worried you, you know i'm i'm the person who's like don't commit a sin so i'm just like very cautious around anything a deal goes and murders the first person <laughs> to solve the paradox because he's a philosopher it's, um, hey i finished the game let's <laughs> let's move on let's yeah. move on from forgotten city because we've got five games to talk about um that, but <laughs> i will launch I, i'll jump into my second favorite game for this year because it follows yeah. on from this really well in terms of it being uh, um, big on the narrative and big on the kind of like the politics, and it's Road ninety six. It's a very narrative heavy game, and it is written 
excellently. Like, uh, you know, irrelevant of everything else in that game. The writing is fucking brilliant. And it has lots of other excellent qualities to it. Like, the voice acting is really good. The, the the soundtrack is is fantastic. French the, team, right? Yeah. Uh, yes. Well, I'd have to I'd have to Google uh, the dev. Google but... enhance. I'll, I'll <laughs> carry on talking. I'll do it <laughs> but it's 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 one of those games where the story, like it, again, it's not a time loop necessarily, but you are looping through with these different characters, right? You are kind of. Doing a, you know, a, a two week stint with one character, moving through the world, and then they will get to the end, and then you will jump back to another character a few days on, who will then try and get through this world. And you're meeting all of these different characters, and in, you know, progressing their story as well through time. But you're constantly having these effects, potentially, on the final kind of outcome and whether that's to do with the decisions you make as you play the game, whether that's to do with the characters that you encounter and the progression that you have through their sort of story as you play the game. I'm, I'm not sure, but I, I don't really need to be sure because again, mm. like other games that I played this year, the, the playthrough that I've had of this is all I kind of need of it. Like I've played through that in the game to its end yeah, and what's happened well, with it? Yeah. I'm happy with the narrative that I have been presented with. Well, that's that's just emblematic of a good narrative. Yes, Fred is like, you know, and as you say, like story, because that's a lot of like telltale like kind of things. It's like it's I'm really similar. With, yeah, yeah, I'm happy with the things that I've done, and it came to a satisfying conclusion. Mm-hmm. Um, the developer is a. Uh, they're saying it's a, a labour of love from Johan Fanis, who made Valiant Hearts. Mm. And after he left Ubisoft, made 1111 Memories Untold. So nice. that makes sense, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Valiant Hearts had a. Even though it was based on World War One, it's still a very affecting narrative. So, yeah. yeah, Valiant Hearts is fantastic. See that through line. Again. Yeah. Mm. So yes, uh, uh, Road ninety six, an absolutely sort of uh, yeah brilliant yeah. I, narrative I, I, game. I'm glad you that, that had an effect on you. I think people who have played that game and I do need to play that game have said it's very affecting. Uh, you know, it's, it could have been very hokey, like mm. you know, we're crossing the border, this and that. But it seems that it has so many different paths, and the fact that you just took this one path. Because that's what the game's known for, like yeah. so many diverging, you know, activities and paths. If you just took that one, and it affected you so well, then you just think how many other different narratives and how many other different people have had that kind sign of, you know, affecting narrative. Mm-hmm. You know, and it wasn't even it was completely disparate to what you had, and I think that's yeah. te- testament to the game. So. Completely, completely. Yeah, I want to um, play that. Uh, potentially something that doesn't have that kind of level to it, but it's still featured incredibly highly on us, Lucy, uh, is Metroid Dread. Hmm. It happened. <laughs> Metroid came out. There was a 2D Metroid that we found out about this year. Mm. And man, it's, it's such a... <laughs> 
I mean, Metroidvanias, you know, that's two on your bingo card already today with Ender Lilies and this, but it's, it, she's back. The Queen is back. Samus is back. <laughs> oh, she, I thought you uh, meant Mrs. Metroid. Mrs. Metroid is back, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and it, when you think of, uh, you know, great game design, you think of Nintendo anyway, but you just think Mercury Steam, who made, um, they, they, they remade the, you know, Metroid 2 in Samus Returns a couple of years ago, but they, you just think the step up from that game, which was, a, which was a remake, but it had its issues, but I thought it was a really good Metro game anyway, to this, and it's like, brand new Metro game to cap out the series. If there's never a 2D Metroid game again, I will, I'll just walk into the sunset like, <laughs> there must be some vampire film, like Blade. Blade, which Blade did they just walk off in the sunset? And oh, all like, of them. I'm done. Yeah. It's like, I'm done, you know? <laughs> I mean, yeah, but Blade is famously a daywalker, so that doesn't mean anything for him. Uh, there was one film where they were just like, oh, I've got nothing else to do. Like, yeah, like in two. Castlevania that we watched earlier this year, Adil. When just oh, like, yeah. I'm, I'm done. I will walk into the sun. Ah, yeah. <laughs> I know which character you're talking about. That was very yeah. poetic. I, well, that series has got legs. That's what I'll do. If there's no more 2D Metroids... Uh, yeah, but like, I'm okay, reminding that you end. aren't a vampire, so when you say, oh, there's no more 2D Metroids, you're just going to walk outside and be like, oh, vitamin D. <laughs> that will, that this will is only helping me. me live. I'm a gamer. That will also kill me. I've never That's touched fair. grass. Yeah. But, um, yeah... It's so good. It's weed. Nice. <laughs> um, it's, 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 it's very good. It's, it's good. very good. And like the end, which I'd love to spoil. Cause yeah, I know do it. You two Fucking don't do care. it. I know you two don't care about it, right? But shall I do it? Yeah, do it. I... Yeah, so, so spoiler alert, jump forward a minute. Metroid. She turns into a Metroid. Really? Yes. She gets choked out by some bird dude, and he's like... Wait, so there's like autoerotic asphyxiation and, and a Metroid yes! yeah, she, she, she turns into this parasitic Metroid kind of suit. I would literally throw this statue out the window and never see it again. If someone could give me one of those, you know, a, yeah. a, a statue of that suit. L- look it up. Put oh, in I'm me- Put in Samus. Uh, do it now! Do it now! <laughs> <laughs> Look at her! She turns into a Metroid! Oh no. She turns into a Metroid. The thing that she was trying to kill all along, like she the, turns into a Metroid. The ultimate because twist she has over, the like, X what, eight blood. games? Yes, cause, because, she, because the X is hunting her in, in like fusion. And then she, you know, she gets injected. And it's like, the only way that we can save you is injecting with Metroid blood. And then this guy, this bird guy, who's actually her dad, tries to kill her. And then it. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, find your true self, Samus. And she turns into a Metroid. My she true self is the thing I've been trying to kill all along. Yeah. Wow. Adil, that's do intense. you see it? Do you see that suit? Uh, I mean, see the kind Metro- of, yeah. I'm, just, I'm trying just to. Just put in Metroid Samus suit. <laughs> <laughs> We've got three more games to talk in... about this evening. Yeah. I, know, I know, but she turns into a Metroid. And it's it's the best ending, except they just like say, oh, actually, she can turn back into normal Samus, and they just oh, go, oh. you know, completely. <laughs> if they had stopped that, if they had kept in, you know, okay, she's a Metroid now, what does this mean for the fact That's of the it, galaxy? yeah, she's done, like, how does that work? Like, yeah. And the music was better, it would be my favourite game of the year, That's fair. because it is, it is 
it's a perfectly made. Oh, her bird, the Birdman's real cute. Look at this, she turns into a Metroid. So we haven't got long Metroid. left this evening. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, Let's... yeah. So that's my number two. So, 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 so Metroid one, It's no, one of the best on Metroid time. games ever made. That's it's fair. not as good as Ori and the Will-O-Wisps. Wait, so, so what oh, you're oh, saying oh, is the best Metroid oh. game is the one where the person people used to mistake for being a Metroid becomes a Metroid? So it's just about idiots oh. not being wrong anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Ori, Ori and the Metroid, the, the one in the suit. She turned yes. into a Metroid, but Ori and the Willow was the best Metroid game yeah, anime. That's fine. But anyway, That's carry on, carry on. Um, yeah, she turned into a Metroid. So we've we've alluded. Oh, spoilers to, over. <laughs> we've alluded to this game. Adol, we'll come to you for your favorite game this year. Ah, my top Bef- one. Before your eyes. Before your eyes, I'll reveal. It is before your eyes. Um, I. I play this game on stream. I played the whole thing. Mm. I I, was... I, saw, I I saw the start of this. Yeah, because I had started it at that point, and then I was like, I don't want any spoilers. I'll come. Up. And, and then and I like, caught you at the last of the stream. And was like, oh, he's and like it, I, it's one of the so like I haven't posted all my first look streams on the YouTube channel. Sometimes just because like uh, time. Uh, but this is one where I specifically didn't want to because, uh, as Lucy alluded to earlier, you're a little baby. You're a baby. Well, you start as a you start as a baby, um, and yeah, you were you, a baby. Yeah, but like, um, but I didn't want to ruin the 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 like. Right, it's so. a really unique experience. So, mm-hmm. for those who don't know, basically, it's an indie game where you are like going through moments in your life. You're on a boat. It's very River Stixy, without cartoon cat. Uh, but you're like it's very it's really nice aesthetic, it's and you're living through memories. Nice. And there's a bit of like paying attention to this. So yeah, but the key of this is the game is designed to be played with a webcam because the webcam is doing eye tracking specifically on when you blink, which means when you're going through a memory. As soon as you blink, the memory ends. At certain like certain things that's like hunt and peck, you can blink all you want. Like it's a puzzly sort of point and click ish thing. But at certain moments, you'll start like getting. You'll be in a memory. It's like watching a video, but when you blink, it'll end. So if you want to see more, you have to not blink, and it's. It's incredibly difficult, and it's a strain, and you are, it makes you grounded in those moments, and it makes mm. you be like, ah, fuck, I blinked, and I really care but it, about but, but what's it's going okay. on. But it's okay. But yeah, it's there's like, nothing like you, you, you don't do, lose anything. No. You still get the context of the story if you do yeah. blink, you know. You, yeah. You're not but I'm just saying, like, the, it's a brilliant yeah, mechanic. Um, yeah. yeah, fantastic. And, and, like, and the narratively... You think, why has nobody ever done this before? Yeah. And it's like, of course, it would be an indie game to do, it well, and they just do it. But, they but knock like, it out the park first time doing it. Yeah, and mm. my my initial like twenty thirty minutes with the game was very much a uh, playing with the mechanic. Oh, this is cute. Oh, it sucks that I didn't blink. But then the narrative kicks into gear, and I just was immersed. I was fully immersed in the game, and it's because you have of the to gameplay. Be. <laughs> but like, th- that's the thing is, like, you can mm. play it with a mouse. 
in clicking, that's, yeah. you can't. Don't this game needs like body do that. Yeah. Two two things. Play this. Buy well, a webcam. Buy a webcam. Yeah. Get a webcam. Yeah. Like play this game without spoilers. Like buy the game. Play the game without spoilers. You play with a webcam. It's really emotionally affecting. Um, it's not as straightforward as you think if you just play the first like forty five minutes. Like, it's yes, really yeah. smartly dealing with the idea of ha- being someone who's reckoning their life at the end, right? Because that's the, the conceit. You're on the boat, right? And the the boat driver's like, if I can get an impressive person, I'll be in a good place, and you'll be in a good place to 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 the big boss. That's the conceit. But like Basically Saint Nicholas is not Christmas guy. Saint Saint Peter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I don't want to spoil anything. I'm just saying like then it's really well written and that gameplay dynamic is really great. I I will I think uh before the year is out. Um, I think I might going to I've been saying this for a couple a while now, but I'm just going to put a video on our YouTube of my my first like 10 minutes uh, find a spot and then Hmm. Me reacting in the credits because I am. You can see I'm just emotionally like. Mm. I was fully done in by that game in a way that I uh, yeah yeah it got me a few times I didn't I didn't shed tears but it got me you know yeah I I think I would have cried if I wasn't on stream but I definitely (laughs) teared up or like it's it's a fantastic game and it's because of the quality of the writing and this very unique game design being perfectly yes. matched with that writing. Yes, yes, yes. yes. That's like yes. just play this the, game. Nice. The only, the only, yes, I agree. The the only thing that I had not against it, but it was like, okay, if you want me to get choked up and cry, there's one thing that you can do. There's one storyline that you can do, and I felt not that it was cheap, but I was like, oh yeah, of course, of course, I'd be upset about that. Of course, this is what I'd be specifically upset about. But anybody, we won't say what that is. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah. not going to say what that is. But it's like anybody with a pulse. It's like yes, I would, you know, be upset about this kind of thing. So, uh, and of course, like spoiler alert, but someone said Xboxes were better than PSs. <laughs> That's it. Ruined it. But yeah, it's, it, it's a fantastic game. I said it's yeah. one that, I'll, that will stick with me from from now till the end of time. Mm. It, 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 the, I think the ice cream is so weird, but it's it something works. that a game can do. But especially how it inverts that kind of mechanic at the end. It's just yeah. Oof. yeah. But yeah. um, yeah. It's, it's one of those really things where I will, I'm gonna I can only talk around it because I really think. It, it's good enough that you should just go in blind. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, yep, that's my uh, top game of the year. Good, good. Um, so I, I will come on to mine. That is a great um, top game yeah. of the year. I'll come on to mine because I think the final game we talk about is uh, is just phenomenal. But the best game of the year. Uh, so uh, kind of, it's I'll, again, I'll, you have a Wii, right? You I know, I know, yeah, I know, I know about this game. Then. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I absolutely love Death Store. It, it's, I think it's a fucking fantastic game. I think it's paced incredibly well. I think the gameplay is fantastic. The, the, the way that the world is constructed 
is amazing. So it's a, a sort of this isometric action game. It's a little bit kind of Zelda. It's a little bit Dark Soulsy. Um, you, you're playing this crow, and you have to reap sort of souls, and you get pulled into this bigger narrative to then walk around the world. Um, but it, it sets its levels, and the world is built in such a really good way that I'm constantly like kind of even though it's semi-open you're signposted and pulled through it very very well and as you play as the crow like your progression and the way that that you gain abilities and things happens very fluidly and very easily and and death's door kind of has this kind of like beautiful humor to it it's very dark in what it does but Mm. it, it has this excellent sarcasm to it at points and it just takes the piss out of you at other kind of points. It, it, like there's a lot of humor in the writing, but I think just the, the the writing matched with that gameplay. And I don't know, Lucy, you've got a little bit of an issue with the kind of like the the, the sort of the map design and the gameplay and stuff. Um, yeah, I'm not going to talk because I know it's your favorite game, mm. here, so I'd never want to yeah, tell you all my issues. Yes, yep, somebody's on. Say all my issues with it, but I will say. The penultimate boss in that game is probably one of the best bosses that I've faced. Absolutely, time. yes, Fantastic. yes, completely. And I think they do, they do very well at progressing the bosses as well. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the way that you learn kind of the mechanics in that game as well is very good in terms of just the progression through the levels that you get. You know how it opens up different things to you. Uh, it, it has an excellent level of progression mm-hmm. in that, and and it also is excellent in that you finish that game and then it goes hey here's a completely here's another game afterwards mm. you're like oh wait shit oh okay i can go through this whole world again doing right. uh, doing another like game top yeah. on top of this like this you know the same kind of base mechanics and those kinds of things but opens up the narrative a little bit more and gets you to go back to places and basically says here's more game if you want it like yeah sure you finished it mm. but there's there's much more to this if you want to experience that and i'm like yes i absolutely do and that really pulled me in i'm like i thought i thought i'd yeah. done this and i'm like oh no shit did you go did you go back to the levels and get the upgrades or during so, the so a lot of the, yeah a lot of it i'd done I'd done the upgrades before i yeah. went to sort of like the like or the penultimate oh, boss and then yeah. and, and and through and stuff so I played a lot of it and gone to different areas and there's lots of sort of like these Metroidvania elements to it as well. Mm. Like you can't go past this unless you've got this upgraded item mm. over here from, from this kind of boss or this sort of area. So I, I think it just paces itself and, and builds its world very, very well. Um, it's, it's definitely my favorite action game this year. Oh well, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, a lot I'm... of people liked that game. Um, mm. So you're not alone. Yeah, but I don't, I I have issues as you said. I have issues with the game. I don't want to talk about them there because uh, that's fine. No, absolutely, it absolutely does not matter. And I'm glad that it had such an affecting mm. and lasting impression on you. Yeah. But I will say, if if I had, I want to take your excitement for that game, and I can like kind of transpose it on like. Everything around that I felt about that penultimate boss fight because that was yes, wicked. Yeah, yeah. The, the 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 art design, the 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 mechanics of it, and then yeah. 
superb. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd say that's the only point that I enjoyed about that game, but it was wicked, and it was a high point of that game. <laughs> was, if the whole game was like that, I'd be where you were at. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's but fine. just that's that alone fine. makes it very memorable. So, yeah. um, so then the final game for us to talk about, which um, I would suggest uh, during our conversation now, is a game that maybe we would have talked about in a previous week, being maybe the next episode that we it, come yeah. to talk about when I have finished it. I will hold you it. two to hostage, um, and yeah. we have to talk about it when you finish it. Um, yeah, so we will, we will. You can go back and listen to maybe a bigger conversation about this, uh, about inscription, uh, um, because I know Lucy and Adol, you've both finished it. I'm currently yeah. in the third act, having beaten a couple of bosses. Uh, and having experienced kind of what that is kind of giving me. But yeah. without spoiling it too much, both uh, Lucy, this was your top game. Adol, I think this was second yep. for you in, in the list. And like, the, and for me, again, it was the fact that like the emotional impact of Before Your Eyes was just a thing that games really do to me, and that's why it hit mm. the top spot technically and scopally if that was a word like inscriptions <laughs> like i get why it's lucy's top game there's a reason why it's my number two and it's it's it, it, like it would be number my number one in any other year except i had this very strong visceral reaction to the uniqueness of the thing we just mm. talked about um but also like that matters right like the subjectivity of like, yeah, so i was in like it was february of 2021 or march or whatever and like my headspace that game hit me really hard. Inscription is more complex, more dynamic, more interesting, and more widely scoped. And I think in most mindsets, it would probably have been my number one because mm. it's just so well done. And, yeah. and like the, the central conceit is you wake up in a cabin and you play Slay the Spire, but then you stop playing Slay the Spire. Uh, Lucy, why? Why is this number one? I don't know. He's the Mr. Magic Man. You oh, no, no. Me. I want to hear it you from him. But, but uh, <laughs> if I talk about like card games, etc., as a card game person, people yeah. get the wrong idea because the point is you who fucking hate card games. <laughs> like, you are the person people yes. want to hear from, right? Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It works on both ends of the scale. Like, I've been watching Markiplier play that game, like, big YouTuber. I've been playing waypoint play that game mm. i've joined the subreddit of <laughs> really there's so many different ways that game can play out depending yeah, on what it. skill level i am replaying it right now mm. it's like the reason i was late to this week's <laughs> podcast spoilers is because i was playing inscription <laughs> and an oh, hour passed by and i was like holy crap I've set up, but it's just like, I'm just playing Inscription, so I'm replaying Oh, I didn't realise that. But, um, it's so, it can go so many different ways depending on your skill level. Like, some people are just like, bossing the game. It's like, they know what to do. They know how to break the game immediately. And they do. And the game will punish you for that. Not punish you for that, but it'll, it'll respond to like, no, you can't do that. You have to see this part of the game. Mm. Whereas me, an absolute rube, Who's like, I got to the first boss of that game. Not the first boss, the, the first time I beat at one. It was like, hold on, have I just broken the game? <laughs> I got this yeah. infinite squirrel. 
as you did, Bill. And I told mm. you that is by design. It yeah. expects you to beat that part of the game. And that is not the only way you can, like, destroy the game. And it's like, depending on your skill level, it's like, yes, you can, dis- you know, beat the game in this way, you can, you know, break the game in this way, you can do that, this and that. And it all plays into this meta-narrative. It's like, this is how we play part- card games, and this is how we're literally yeah. obsessed <laughs> and just neurotic in this kind of sense of, like, building decks doing the best you can in a card game etc etc and it's like it for me who's like someone who's like i I said like the first couple times i was like oh i can't wait to build my deck because i know all the different ways that Mm. you can do that all these different cards all the ways that you can do that it's like the first part of the game doesn't let you do that but then you get to like the second part of the game. I was say, it lets like, you do that. Yeah, and it's like yeah. someone who, who, who's me, who is like very critical of card games, where it's like depending on the deck that you have, and I don't like that. I prefer a game of like skill, like poker. <laughs> it's like, yeah, magic I mean, is not that, <laughs> but it, it is right. It's a deck building, it is, and, it is, and randomness just... is in all those things. But I get what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, like it's the, like... how much of the randomness are you happy? Exactly. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, even the characters are like, saying like, oh yeah, you just got good orange. <laughs> just yeah. like, you know, yeah. some of the characters are just like, bad, misplaying. Well, yeah. And it's just like, yeah, it's just so good. It's so good at that poking fun of the card game meta-narrative and like card game mechanics whilst also being a fantastic well, card game at, at the same yeah. time. So what I want to say is like, uh, no like plot spoilers, but like Act 1 is slay the spire essentially right it's it's yeah. like get through this randomized route loop until you figure it out you can slowly get better act two is a riff on magic which they've said right because and and it's so great design wise because so it's a collectible card game versus a deck building <laughs> yeah. game yes because like you open booster packs it. and you get random things <laughs> And then you can either choose to put them in your deck or not. But what's great about it is from a, like, that game, from Inscription's design, no one can't get through Act 2 because you just grind games and get packs and get more and more powerful cards. Which is one of the complaints. Oh, yeah. Literally broken the game where they get infinite bones. Oh, there's all kinds of ways you get infinite. Oh, yeah. And they've just gone into the. Yeah, but they've gone into the method. Think the whole thing, the commentary of the game is like, this is that unhealthy obsession with card games. Oh, yeah. Not collect them all. (laughs) But, like. So, so like, what I really (laughs) like about it is it, it is exposing that. Yeah. By making it a way of progressing through the game. But also, as you point out, like, you can find stupid infinite loop. You can do the dumb yes. shit. Like, yes. and, and the only way you can, like, it exposes both the good things about things like magic and the bad things while also letting you enjoy the game. And if you didn't give a shit, you could just go through and exactly. it'd be mildly different from Act 1. And I find that like like it should be such a hard needle to thread, and it's not. It's just so it easily so done. Well. Like yeah. I'm not gonna because Ben's in Act Three, but also like mm. like some of the, the game changes again in Act Three. Things yeah, happen in Act Three. Yeah, and it's 
so it's good. it's such a good game because every level of the game is about knowing that you're at that level of the game, but also it making sense with the narrative. That's why yeah. I fucking love this game. Even if, and that's why I like Lucy, who doesn't right. like card games, can still <laughs> fall into the trap, right? It's, it's, yeah. But it's not like it's not a card game. It's like, it's a narrative experience, right? Yeah. Yes, it is a card FMV. game. But it's I mean, but it's if you want me to love a game, narrative. you you put FMV in a game. If you want me to love a game, you put FMV in it, and they did. And it's like, <laughs> cool. I love I love yeah. those little interstitial moments, kind of like. Watch these. Watch these so well eight acted. videos, and you can only actually yeah. watch three of them because the rest of them like... all error out. But actually, if you watch them, it errors out for five seconds. Then we'll show you a clip of this code on a piece of paper, yeah. and I then we'll error. Notes. And, you, and I'm, I have oh, a I, I'm watching all of this exactly. I'm like, pause, phone. pause, yeah. pause at exactly the right time, so it's all the fucking legible. Stuff what do I, I need like... to? Yeah. What do I need to know about this? Like, I, I love that. I love how it builds, and each act kind of builds on top of that, and on top of that, and on top of that. And it has this central sort of story that rolls through with it as well. It, 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 it's it's made so fucking well. Yeah, it's uh, so it's, it's well. incredible, mm. and it yeah, it, it, it beat it, Metroid, and then yeah, completely. And it's that it's, it's that game, game that that I absolutely if I finish out of those three, you know, the the ones that I haven't finished this year, Deathloop, Resi Village, and Inscription. Inscription is number one. To, yeah, to, yeah to, you were saying that you had fever dreams. But I had fever dreams yes. about it every yeah. time I didn't finish it. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, I need to... So it's definitely so, the one to, to hit. So I, I want to say one more thing, which is like, Act 2 I breezed through. Mm-hmm. I but breezed also... through Act 2 and... No, start of Act 2 I struggled. And then I started building my deck. Yes. And I was like, this is so flipping But So like, what I found the most I chose I chose of... PO3 for the third yeah. Act. And that's why... I Blue through. Gotcha. Yeah, because I struggled a bit because I was still trying to do what I enjoyed doing in Act Two. But like you went for the hardest. Class. So in ben, Act Two, I went for the for? hardest class, but also that's how oh. I play Magic. Yeah, and I, I difficult. I I did not. <laughs> I played a control deck. So in it, like there's different archetypes in these games, and one is control where you play as little as possible and you just make sure that the other person can't do anything. Like kill spells and cancel spells and mm-hmm. whatever, and so I just played a very. I'm always gonna have cards in my hand, and I'm gonna grind you out, game. And I just ground out the int- the only hiccup in Act Two was where I couldn't figure out how to like what I needed to do to trigger an event to have a fight. Yeah, because all the yeah. fights I just won almost like I like repeated yeah, two right. fights in the entire act. The rest was just like, wow. nope, I won. Nope, I won. Yeah, that was and my like deck barely changed after like act. yeah. yeah. Whereas the second act, I, I, I struggled more. Yeah, and, but Mike, mm-hmm. the thing is, when I talked to Lucy about it, she was like, oh, like, there are four tribes, essentially, where within them there's different ways of playing, but they have very different, like, it's like, there's, if you play with this deck to start with, you're going to have certain resources, play with this deck, it'll be different. Um, and you can mix and match and make your own deck. And, like, my biggest complaint was, like, I wanted to live in Act 2... I want to be able to boot into Act 2 and then try other decks. Because what ended up happening was I didn't have to change my deck at all after about five fights. I was just like, yeah, I can grind you all out. I figured this out. I've It's not, like, fast, but I will not lose. And I didn't. But then Lucy was like, oh, I did this other thing. I'm like, I've never played with robots. What do you mean robots? And they have this whole other... They have, the, they have their this whole other way of, like, resource management. Yeah, that's Which, ki- which kicks in in Act 3, right? 
And, and, yeah, and then, so much of it like comes back through. That's why I storm like, through that through mm. Act Three, and it's yeah, because like, you picked an you Act can, Two, the right yeah. yeah. And it's like there's four different ways you can play in that. You can play the same as you do with Act One or a different way. So that's why I'm replaying it, and it's like I've died in the first act, probably about more times than I should have, but I don't care because mm. it's so satisfying. It's so yeah. fun, and I, I mean, Daniel Mullin said it's like okay, there weren't as many bugs in the game as I, you know, thought there'd be. Probably don't need to do another patch. Maybe mm. I'll work on something else, and I want to see what. I want an endless one. We will, you know, we will yeah. get a little bit more. Um, or oh, listener, you may have heard us already talk about inscription. Just that a little bit more um, in in one of the previous episodes as well. But we will get a little bit more into you know uh, the spoilers of inscription and, and things. I really, I've... I really want to. Ben yeah, I want to next talk. week. Ben next hurry week, up. Lucy. I know you have, by I know next you have week, a life and things. Yes, but, by know, next week I would have finished it. Up. Which Thank means you. that listeners, <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, we would have talked about this game Good. a little bit more. Right. Let's, a, let's not metagame ourselves. Yeah. For this can year, for this year, for 2021, uh, um, yeah. all of us had Inscription on our favourite games of the year. And, 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 and Inscription hits so out good. the highest uh, in, in aggregate, yeah. for, aggregate for all of yeah. us. So uh, Inscription is <laughs> no, tanked no, out no, 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 2021 game. No, I absolutely I don't, I don't, no, no, I don't believe in that. Because... As Adil said, if I played Before Your Eyes, mm. when he played it, that early on in the year before I played Ender Lilies and Retro Dread, it might have been my number one. So. Yeah. No aggregate. Death That's Door. Fair. That's fair. Uh, um, inscription and... I mean, I'm going to pick up Death Door and a couple other ones, I think, mm-hmm. just based on our tops. Rule game of the year. Nice. Okay. Um, yeah. We're not going to run through our beers for the evening. You know, we, we it's yeah, our end of year show. We've just hang out and, and drank some beers. But the if Flanders is the best for me. Just saying. Just saying. <laughs> We're not going to do this, just but saying. also this one. <laughs> if you want to get a hold of us, you can go to at Tanked Up Cast to uh, look at all the shows that we put out and give us a shout. Um, come and play some games with us. Come and hang out with us in our Discord. Do all of those sorts of things. But... This has been our end of your show. We've enjoyed hanging out with you again for another year. We love you all. Uh, because it's the end of the year, do either of you have a final thing to say? Lucy, anything you want to finish out on? You lot are the highlight of my year every year. I love you both. Amazing. Uh, you two are the highlight of my weeks, most weeks. Sometimes I go home to Canada and see my mom <laughs> and dad, and you know. Um, <laughs> but also, yeah, yeah, this is great. It's always great. I, I love you, and Tanked up year... Oh, I don't even know. Seven? What are we on? Yeah. Maybe? Jesus. Six. Mm. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Seems like you uh, need to put this dog down at this point. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, have a good Christmas and a new year, and we'll talk again Stay soon. Stay safe, Where, yeah. Because of the way things are, chances are the, the games these two have been talking about are going to be on my list next year. <laughs> 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 perfect uh, we love you all we'll see you all very very soon have an excellent Christmas and New Year and we will catch you in 2022 oh it's so oh, come around so that, quickly that we'll doesn't sound all, right that does not sound right mm. we'll see you all very very soon thank you for joining us we've been tanked up bye 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 oh wait ciao 2022 www.outoflives.net